But all moved in now, all settled. And um, yeah, I don't know where Joseph is. Joseph, where are you? I'm here. Man, I tr- look, I know we haven't done this in two weeks' time, but I tried to bring you in over a minute ago. I said mute the mic, not mute me. I did mute the mic. Yeah, you muted me. You Did you even hear what I called you? <laughs> no, I wasn't here. Yeah, see, because you wasn't paying attention, as usual. Nitro is the glory. Welcome to the No Name RC Podcast with your host tonight, Keenan White, aka Lefty the Great. And if you are unlucky, the Finnish village idiot, JQ. This is the RC Podcast with no name, but plenty of content. So sit back, relax and get ready for some serious bench racing. Yes, indeed. Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 79 of the No Name RC podcast. I'm your host, Keenan White, a.k.a. Lefty the Great. And joining me, as usual, my sidekick, my co-host, my ride or die, biatch, Joseph Beaker Quagrain. What's up, Joseph? How are you? Of course. He's never paying attention. I told him to mute his mic, not not pay attention. Joseph, Joseph, what a great way to start off. Leave it to Joseph. I told him mute the mic, not mute me. So anyway, he'll come in in a minute. So what's up, everybody? We were on a two-week hiatus. As you guys know, I was moving house. Uh, It was very stressful. And it's done. I'm kind of in the makeshift office right now. Yeah, all good. Very stressful. I'm still kind of busy doing it, uh, doing things. And um, yeah, just happy to be behind the mic. I want to shout out uh, 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 just to all the people that supported me and sent me messages throughout the uh, throughout the move and wished me well, doing good uh, during the move. I want to say thank you to all you guys. It was it was great to see that. Yeah, didn't move far, moved literally around the corner. I'm literally one minute away from my old house. But nonetheless, stressful, you know, moving with, with my wife is always stressful. She wants everything perfect. And uh, it was stressful and it was expensive. So, yeah. But all moved in now, all settled. And yeah, I don't know where Joseph is. Joseph, where are you? I'm here. Man, I, tr- look. I know we haven't done this in two weeks' time, but I tried to bring you in over a minute ago. I said mute the mic, not mute me. I did mute the mic. Yeah, you muted me. You Did you even hear what I called you? <laughs> no, I wasn't here. Yeah, see, because you wasn't paying attention, as usual. What's up? How you doing? I was busy. I'm shipping JQ's Red's orders. I saw that. I saw that shirt a few things. Uh, you showed me some of the, oh, yeah, the MX. Got the motocross gear. I know. Now, so. It looks really badass, by the way. Really good. But before we go on any further, Joseph, let's uh, say thank you to our supporters and to our sponsors and advertisers. So first off, shout out to the NNRC squad around the world. Thank you guys for your support. Like I said, a lot of people sent me messages during my move. I was super busy. I tried to respond to everybody. Thank you to everybody that sent well wishes. And thank you for your support. 
Shout out to our patrons on Patreon. You guys got early release this week <clears throat> of our guest. Thank you guys for your support. I got something special for you guys coming on, coming up soon because you guys go the extra mile and definitely help, help pay the bills. And shout out to our awesome sponsors and advertisers that are RCMX Online, Techno RC, Beach RC, JQ Racing, Papa Willie's Traction Tonic, BK Servers, and Joseph. We have some big, big, big news. Big news. What's that? So, you know, uh, one of my goals has been to get out of the industry sponsorship or advertising on this podcast. And not only do I have <clears throat> one, but I have, we, we've managed to get two companies on board. Now, one company is really big. And when they email me, I swear it was a hoax. But it was not a hoax. I mean, even you thought it was a hoax and a scam. But uh, it's... It's a, it's really big. They actually advertise in a lot of podcasts, a lot of YouTube uh, videos. I even saw uh, they they had commercials on television recently. So our first new sponsor, and I know this isn't Red Bull or it isn't Monster Energy, but the ad reads for this are going to be so good, and I'm actually using the product now, is Manscaped, man. Uh, I know it's unusual. Wait, you're using the product right now? No, of course not. I'm not using it right now, but I've used it. I had my, my monthly sharing like a sheep that my wife does. And uh, yeah, it's good stuff. But we'll talk about more, more about that uh, in our ad read. But yeah, Manscaped came on board and I was so shocked when I got that email. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, we're all men in RC and manscaping is the new thing and I've been doing it for years, but when it comes to, uh, you know, my my balls and my nuts, I get very nervous, even if my wife down there doing it. So, you know, I've, I've nicked my nuts a few times, and it's not very fun. Put you out of commission for a while. But with this new Lawnmower 3.0, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot safer. Let's just put it that way. So, uh, but, yeah, we'll talk more about that uh, later on in the podcast. So yeah, welcome to Manscape. Uh, welcome Manscape to the NNRC podcast. First out of the industry sponsor on this podcast. I think that's, that's worth, uh, give me a hand, give me a, I can't clap because you know, oh, I could clap like this. I have to hit my chest, but, um, give me a, uh, give us a, a round of applause, Joseph. Don't you have a sound drop for that? No, I don't. Um, I do, but you I can't should. find it. Uh, and also coming on board is Rob's Oil. Now, Rob's Oil will sponsor the story segment. So that's coming up later on. We have a story coming up. And we'll t uh, Rob's Oil, he's an, he's an RC dude. He's a fan of the podcast. This is his real business in life. <clears throat> and he, wants to, he wanted to get the story uh, part, story segment of the podcast going so he hit us up and this is our second out of the industry advertiser just so not only do we get manscaped we got rob's oil we have two so we have the story so we're gonna have to tell the stories now yes we're gonna have to tell the stories now oh wow yep 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 so that's good news good news i'm happy about that um, this week's guest is Marco Barrufolo. Uh, how do, I like Marco. I like his style. Uh, I think he's super fast. He does some incredible things with RC cars. I've talked to him at DNC. He's always super nervous and shy. But when I talk to him, 
as usual, when I talk to people recording, they kind of break out of that shyness. His English is really good. I thought I'd have to speak some sort of Spanish to him somewhat through the interview, but really good. I didn't realize how young he was. I didn't realize how dedicated he was to RC. And I'm going to tell you, man, guys should not sleep on Barufalus. 22 years old, and this guy is super talented, and he just needs to back it down 5%, and he will win races. In fact, he just won a race this yeah. past weekend. Yeah, he's really good. He's He will become one of the top guys, I'm pretty sure. One of those guys that consistently at the top. I mean, he's he's shown that he has incredible speed at times, and maybe his best races have been ones where, you know, there have been some bitty contest in Italy or some, some race where everyone doesn't see his speed. Mm-hmm. Or then, like DNC, when he w- he actually was in the lead when he flamed out. Yeah. So he d- on paper it doesn't look that special, but once he gets his reliability figured out and he's driving in the sense that he's more consistent in the main and doesn't do as much crazy stuff, he's really going to be one of the elite guys. I he's mean, got that that kind of speed. That was an exciting so, seven minutes of DNC when he was in the lead. You know what I mean? Um, just so wild. How he didn't crash more, I don't understand it, but he his ability to do things with cars is absolutely amazing. Like, absolutely. Like, what he does. Like, he doesn't have to do it, but it's just his, his full-punch driving style, you know? So, hopefully he, uh, he turns it down a little bit. But great young man. Got to talk to him. A lot more respect for him. I know he kind of wants to change the image that he's formed for himself as I call him now Madman Marco. So he likes that. But <clears throat> I think he kind of suffered like kind of like Coelho. Coelho had that, you know, he has that, uh, you know, obviously from you to CTO and all that type of stuff. But, you know, he was known as, as a hack and he's trying to fix that. So I think he's on that way. He's trying to do that as well. But I also like him. I like this. Like, we need that guy in RC who's going to... He says, I don't do it on purpose. i just trying to make that pass no matter what. Like, I'm trying to do it. Like, if I see an opening, I'm going for it. So I understand that mentality too. But he, that also is like, oh, either I'm going for it and we'll go, I'm going to make it or we, I take everybody out. So got to be patient. Patience is the name of the game. He'll learn that as he gets older. Yep. So, Joseph, I've moved into, so a little big news for us here at the podcast. We're probably going to be rap talking for a bit, but obviously, you know, I moved. <clears throat> it was super stressful. Uh, the plan was to have, you know, to have, obviously in my old house, I had four bedrooms. I moved to a smaller house. It's just three. I'm actually in the room that I was going to make my office. Well, plans change. I mean, we had talked about this a bit previously. Uh, Well, basically, three bedrooms. I always have a guest room because my mom might come, you might come, or my wife's sister comes. They come stay with us. And my son, would. he's eight. He just went eight. Happy birthday. Went eight June 8th. And he kind of, I guess something clicked in his brain where he's, he's getting older now. And he's like, 
I don't want to, I don't, we used to have my, my son's bed right alongside our bed. So he used to sleep with us. He slept with us. He slept in our bed for, for years. And then he just started like the last year and a half sleeping <clears throat> in his bed. So something clicked in his brain and it's like, I want my own room. No. And we had, we had a, a, a young girl, his friend, he's also a friend of our, of my wife's family. She was helping us out with our daughter and you know, just everything around the house for the last three weeks since we moved well, while we moved. So she finally went home last night And I was shocked I said yeah he's not going to sleep in his room But man I went in there this morning And he's out like a light So he's, he slept It's in the guest, guest room I guess we're going to make this room right here uh, His his room eventually But yeah that means I needed to go find A place to do my thing And I had talked to you about it I said look man it's it's getting hard Like you know my daughter Like she is just very loud she's once she gets up you know she's up in fact yesterday when i had to interview marco <clears throat> excuse me i actually had to send her to my neighbor's house because she is just impossible she just bangs on the door she you know she's not even two she just thinks you know she's the queen bee of everything so i love my daughter but not good for productivity very hard for me to focus and you know we're taking this stuff we're taking this podcast to the next level and everything we're doing we got we got a lot of irons in the fire here you and myself and and other people so i needed an office and so we went on and got one and i literally watched these offices get built because i lived right in front of them now i live behind them like the literally 50 seconds walk from my house they're owned by the internet cable company um, so I'm going to get really good internet right in there, like hundred megs download, 30 megs upload. So that's going to help me out here. I can, <clears throat> you know, do my call-ins, all that stuff. It's a big, it's way bigger than what, what I have here. And it's going to be like a studio slash RC man cave, my way to get away, to focus, to do things and not worry about my daughter or my wife. My, my wife, when she's cleaning or washing, she wants to play music, and I'm trying to record, and we can't have that. So, yeah, I think we, it was the right decision to make, and I'm looking forward to that. So, what do you think about that? So, when are you recording at the office? Well... <clears throat> Your studio? Well, I have to... I just started working on it yesterday because I literally got the keys a couple of days ago. The landlord has to install the air conditioner. He's waiting for them to come. It's a brand new office. I'm actually right next to a dentist's office. So the dentist is all worried. He's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, it's an office. Don't worry. I want to be quiet. It's going to be quiet. Um, it's in a little plaza. It's got apartments up top. The internet office is right there. So if I have an issue, I just go right to them and tell them, hey, fix my internet. The internet is really good. And um, hopefully, hopefully I get in there next week. And um, start recording. But we've got to soundproof it. It's big room, high ceilings. Putting up acoustic foam, hopefully, uh, today or tomorrow. And uh, start moving my desks and stuff in there next week, I guess. Get my, my wife's cousins to come down and help me. They, they're young. They can lift these things, this heavy desk and all that stuff. So good stuff, man. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Doesn't look like I'm going to be going to many races here soon because of covid uh, I'm, I'm trying to go to Wicked Weekend here, but I don't think it's going to happen. And <clears throat> yeah, but we got to get down to work. Is the race even going to happen? Um, well, it's in August. I don't know. But well, that's, you know, but yeah, that's kind of, we'll talk about that. But 
what have you been up to? <clears throat> You've been off Facebook. Um, I know you had that mid. You missed me? No, not at all. I, people have missed you, though. Yeah. People have missed you. Like, I saw Larry Genova trying to, t- like, where's JQ? And trying to tag you. Look at this guy. And the guys that used to argue with, like, I, I don't see them arguing anymore. So it's, it's, I tell you what, man. Had you been on Facebook fucking causing drama uh, while I was moving, I think I would have had a stroke. I think I'd have been in the hospital. Because that's how stressed I was just moving. Now having to deal with your dumb crap. Oh, man. Yeah. But two weeks, I don't, you know, it's been actually been about three. I haven't had to have her nobody call, message me and say, oh, why did JQ say this? And he's always making it hard for us. And it's kind of been a, a positive thing for JQ Racing because we, we last week we wrote out our reps. Welcome to all of our new reps. Uh, Josh Heino, Lucas, uh, Austin Azor. We still got one region to fill in America. <clears throat> I'm working on that. But we had these reps, the, and, wel- and welcome back to the, the reps that have been with us for a while, Mike Walker, Tony Scarcella. Oh, I forgot Mitch. Mitch Watson is like our southern rap now, rep, so that's good to have him on. Um, Will Smith was, is a new one. He's just California, even though California is a hard nut for us to crack. And um, Jimmy DePrez, these guys have been with us for a long time. The coach, um, Jeff Werner, I appreciate these guys and their support. Uh, with what we're doing. Uh, so some new faces and some old faces. And we, we actually had a re- really positive, that's a really positive note um, for us. Scott's been super busy doing things over in Europe and just worldwide. His help has been awesome. We had a really positive weekend for JQ Racing this past weekend. You know, the thylacine one done in uh, Austra- Australia. Aaron, I really like Aaron. Uh, Felix done well at this Swiss race, came seventh. We had um, Jimmy Deprez, who went to the first Border Wars in Amarillo. He was, he was last in D-Main. Last, like, he was trying to put a car together and race. And he ended up bumping from the D-Main all the way to the A-Main and finishing fourth on a very hard track. So that was a, that was a good show by Jimmy. And um, just a very positive note for JQ Racing overall. I saw a lot of results from just local club races that people went to finishing on podiums like Will Cunningham and a couple of other guys. Really good weekend for us. We haven't had a weekend like this for a while. Um, just a positive weekend, and it's good. And, and not having you on Facebook helps that, you know? So, How do you feel? What have you been up to? Otherwise, I know you had the mid... What's, what's this midsummer? thing that you guys have in Finland where you guys use this as, a, as an the midsummer, excuse? It's the longest day, shortest night, and then after that, the days start getting shorter. So it's always a big midsummer celebration in Finland. Yeah, you guys... We normally go to their like, summer cottage or some, somewhere by a lake and get drunk. <laughs> well, yeah. I know, because you usually get injured when you go on these, these things. Um, I remember you did it last year, I think. It, was you in Finland last year for this? Yeah, I think you was. Yeah. Um, yeah, not nothing too bad. I got some bruises from the jet ski. Yeah. Falling off the jet ski, and that's it. Yeah, so just an excuse to get drunk. And in your underwear, because you guys usually do this in your underwear too. No, that's Carl's at a That's when you're you're alone at home and you yeah. get drunk alone in your underwear. I saw that's your, different. I saw your buddy, the motocross guy, he's pulling a wheelie in your JQ threads with a bear helmet on. I thought that was so awesome. 
Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, I like that picture. Yeah, other than that, it's been good. Like no races and no traveling. So just being at home. And it's a, the perfect time to get a lot of work done for the coming years. Normally, I'm working on stuff that people see in a year, like a year from now. So now I'm just, I'm, I'm sort of working on the stuff that people will see over the next two years. Because I would like to spend time at the track and racing and traveling and all that. Also, after this COVID thing is over, so now is the time to put in a lot of work so that it's sort of more maintaining than creating mm -hmm. than once we start racing again. Yeah, you have been busy. Like I said, just the uptick in the JQ threads has been great to see. I know this is a long-time passion of yours. Uh, I know some of the other things that you're working on, I can't say they're really great. I don't know what else you're working on because you won't tell me, but I have an idea. Um, everybody's hitting me up asking me when the docu-series is going to be out. Uh, any, any information on that? I mean, it should. the first episode should definitely be this month of Ju July. Mm-hmm. That's good. Supposedly, we'll see a, like a close to finished draft of it today, actually. So it's getting there. And then uh, there's some other news also coming. Yes. To do with RCGP and, and something else too. Mm -hmm. Also in July. And then I've been working, I've been working quite a lot on on the guide also, because I did decide that I'm going to make it an actual book that people can buy, like a real, a legit book, mm -hmm. like not just a printed leaflet or anything, an actual book. So I've been working on that. Text is pretty much done. I'm still going through and adding some stuff and the, the 100 guys are sort of, they, they are sort of involved in the sense that they give feedback on some chapters and then mm -hmm. some ideas for what I should still cover. So there's a couple of things I still need to write, but mostly now it's focusing on getting the illustrations done. For, so first I need to figure out what all illustrations I need and then what pictures I need. And so that's a pretty big task, actually. It's like 40,000 words. Wow. And also you have created <laughs> like a forum as well, right? What? You've created a, a discussion forum or something like that too? Yeah, message board. Yeah. Actually, that's going to be open for the public. It's Because mostly now with social media, it's just a mess. Like the, It's not really good information. It's just random stuff everywhere. So if you, if you actually want some good information, something that's precise, like focused on one subject, for example, car setup, or, mm -hmm. you know, anything to do with RC car driving, racing, setting them up. Facebook group or something like it's not really good for that, but a message board is. So I started that and it will be open for the public too. So everyone, regardless of car brand, who's just interested in car setup and tech, technical talk, then that could be a place to go. Mm -hmm. so that's the idea with that good stuff man it, it's kind of the COVID thing's kind of been a blessing for you in disguise because you can focus on that like you said you can focus on this stuff and getting off facebook where you ain't arguing with people for three weeks at a time 
and distracting you has also been a blessing. So, and it's been absolutely lovely for me. So I'm happy about that. <clears throat> um, and I can see you being productive. Like a couple of guys, well, JQ's being quiet. I said, oh, JQ's being quiet because he's doing stuff. And um, <clears throat> yeah, it's being it's ten years. You see now, it's also ten year anniversary coming up. Mm-hmm. Basically, December this year will be ten years since the car was launched. Did you send, so, did you send my kits out to me that I asked for? No, you haven't placed an order. You didn't tell me that. I just asked you, and uh... Uh, you should place an order. Okay. Good so stuff. yeah, so ten years—that's a big milestone. So I'm hoping to make some adjustments, make some changes, and then go into the second decade with a bang. I agree. Let's uh, let's be successful. I'm all for that. Time to stop striving to be underdogs and to be champions. But still with yeah, so underdog. Yeah, I guess <clears throat> I guess I have been quiet and it. it yeah, I have been quiet, but JQ Racing is still being going strong, I think. Yes. I mean, there just hasn't been much racing going on. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of rolling on. And my job right now is to look at the coming years, the future years, and and do all, do all the work I can now so that the next few years will be, be a new and different story and much more successful than so far. Yeah, man, I like that. I like that. I'm all on board for that. All on board for that. Um, anything else you got to say before we do a little bit of news talk here? Nope. Cool. Cool. Oh, so, are we going to have a rant? Uh, we are going to have a rant. Yes, but not a long one. Jeff, so. I need to have a rant and I need Jeff to be on it. Um, I got to find out where Jeff is. <clears throat> He's probably back home now. Uh, his, his birthday was last week. Happy birthday, Jeff. He went down to Florida, I think. Uh, you know Jeff, he can't keep he can't keep his ass still, so he's all over the place. So, <clears throat> um, but do you have a rant? We have a rant for today, correct? What's that? I don't know. You said you did. No, I need Jeff for it. I actually have a rant about myself and something that I done, and I it's more like a rant. It's more like a story. So, um, uh, me judging and being judgmental. And I need to apologize for it. Let's get on to our news, man. I, <clears throat> you know what? I think the news should be brought to us by Manscaped. Support for the RC News of the NNRC podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience so as i said joseph do you even manscape you don't really have to because you know you're you're re-virginized re-virginizing you don't you know but you should manscape it's 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 healthy and you know what when you cut all the hair down there it looks bigger by the way just letting you know and um You you should send me one uh i will send you one or you can you know what you can do you can use the 20% discount code and go buy one. Where? Uh, from www.manscaped.com. Use promo code no name in all caps and you save 20% off your order as well as free shipping. And I think even they have other discounts on there and the 20% goes on top of that. So I got myself a little kit 
with the lawnmower 2 3.0, which is a really cool little um, razor. It's got like a plastic guide on it, so you don't nick your nuts. Because, man, I tell you, I am like a woolly mammoth, or you know, my friend used to call me silverback because I'm just I'm a hairy dude, like you know, and I I'm fat, and I can change that, and I'm cool with being fat. But what I hate is being a, a just a mammoth, like you know, and I hate being hairy. And I don't know. My mom even says, "I don't know why you're so hairy, Keenan." And I said, "I don't know either." But my wife shorns me like a sheep every month. You know, she, uh, Dominicans they don't like her. I've seen guys shave their legs, everything. I don't do that. I just shave my back, my 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 chest, and my nuts. But every time she goes down there to shave my nuts, I'm so nervous because man. I've nicked my nuts, and I'll tell you what, it is not a good feeling. It absolutely hurts. It it just makes it uncomfortable. You're put out of action for at least a week and a half. You don't even want to have relations with your woman or nothing because it just it just sucks. So I was a little bit nervous using this, but she used it, and I'll tell you what, man, nick-free. No nicking of the nuts or any part of my body down there. It's nice and clean shaven. It even has a little light so she could get into his deep crevices and remove all my pubes. And it feels great, feels fresh, and I'm loving it. And I didn't cut myself. So I'm super happy about that. So I would testify that the Lawnmower 3.0 is actually really good because they've redesigned the electric trimmer. Um, they spent the last 18 months doing this. And... It's like a third-generation trimmer. The last one, uh, 2.0, was pretty good, but it didn't have a light. It's got a nice little charge stand dock that you just plug it in. So I got it on my sink. And you know what, man? I even use this for my, like, I know this may be gross, but it's mine. But I use it for trimming my beard and all that stuff. It's got a nice little guide that you, <laughs> you know. I, it is what it it's is. It's for your balls, not your beard. Yeah, but it's waterproof, too. So I just wash it. Wash it you off. You get two. Yeah, maybe. I'll maybe you should get two of those things. Maybe and then mark I one balls and beard. But I mean, look, man, this is this is this is something that we should get into. You know, you're you I never was into this before I moved her in the DR and then I started getting shorn like a sheep. It's really good, man. It's uh it's water resistant as, as I said, it's got a cool LED light, which really comes in handy even when I'm shaving my beard. They've also upgraded to a seven thousand RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. It's just a great little product. It just saves you from, from that, that, like, man, I'm telling you, man, nicking your nuts is not a good thing. And, you know, we're men, and we got we to gotta keep ourselves up, and our women will like us even more when we do things like this. And it makes it look bigger. So you can go to www.manscaped.com, use promo code NONAME in all caps, and you will get 20% off your order, and your balls will thank you. You can cut through the jungle to find your manhood and this is the, and this the showing manscape some love shows the podcast some love and i'm super stoked to have them on board and thank you to manscape for bringing us the rc news of the week that was a long this is rate. actually a really this is actually a really suit like perfect sponsor for you i know you're just this kind of guy you just this is exactly what you needed in your life what i always already manscape dude what are you talking about <laughs> but this just this is your deal. I think it's awesome. I mean, obviously, we want to, like, we always talked about having out of the industry sponsors on. You know, I'm, we always think Red Bull or Monster Energy because that's kind of like where, you know, what we're doing, but we never thought Manscaped. And 
yeah, I think it's cool. And it's a step in the right direction. So I'm all aboard for that. So check them out, guys. Showing them some love shows us some love. And it helps us uh, with this partnership in, uh, with Manscaped. So on to news, Joseph. PMB coming up in two weeks. Yep. Looks to be the first big race outside of COVID. Of, I, I do see things are getting canceled now, though, because of COVID. I just see they recently canceled the outdoor, not postponed the outdoor season of motocross. I'm looking through Live RC. The INS race at in, in, um, in Arizona has been canceled, which is July 10th, 12th, <clears throat> which is next weekend. So talking to Dave, because I'm trying to plan for the, for the uh, JQ pits, it's going to be way different. Um, usually we would pit inside and have tents set up, but Dave said no tents indoors. All tables have to be like against the wall. So basically you put your table up against the walls and you're back to the track because he wants enough space for social distance, which I totally understand because this is inside a building and inside the building, you have to absolutely follow the social distancing uh, regulations. And I'll tell you what, the cops always pop in at this race to come and just have a look. So <clears throat> it's going to be pretty strict with that talking to Dave. We have actually decided to pit outside for the JQ racing crew. Uh, Tony Scarcella has, is going to come down there with his buddy and his big camper, and they're going to set up out there, so we'll be pitting out there. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think uh, the track is absolutely massive. As usual, they're going to have this long straightaway, man. I think you're going to definitely have to run a 14 tooth. That, that straightaway, it's like a curved, that, like a big, like the joker lane. If you take the joker lane, it uh, basically, if, I'm think, if I don't have it up in front of me right now, but you come around that uh, um, that straightaway. Well, PMB's always been a really big track. So it's just, it, it looks good. And uh, I hope that I can watch it on, on Live RC as well. Um, obviously, I can't be there because I can't leave the country right now. But uh, yeah, first big race. Seems like everybody's excited. I see Spencer Rivkins actually traveled over to the uh the southeast he's been practicing there with jackson brunson because that's where a lot of racing's going on uh people are just getting ready for this big race there's been a lot of racing though you you think it has it i mean recently snb had a race the sos series mike and jb were there and mike goes man it's 183 entrants here and 293 entries for a one-day race and he said it was just jam-packed full of people so that's good to see. That's a lot of, lot of entrance and entries for a one-day race. Um, but they pulled it off. But, it, you know, with that type of entry, entry count, you know, it suffers from, it's great, but it suffers in the end for the, for the, for the, for the racer. They don't get as much race time. But it's great for, to see that many people coming out to race. Brand new track layout. Had a brand new track layout by, by Bobby Bobby Moore, which is really good. I like SMB. You've been to SMB before, right? Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, it's a great great facility. Um, so that was a good event. Just it was a lot of racing going on worldwide. Like I said, uh, Aaron was racing in Australia. Felix went to Switzerland, and they raced there. Um, uh, I don't know what race it was, but it's a beautiful looking track up there in Switzerland. And I think the biggest news coming out of there, Joseph, for me, was Patrick Hoffer is running HB. Now, you guys may not know who Patrick Hoffer is, but he was uh, part of the Scuderia Scampi Rosso team on RCGP. 
with David uh, Davide Angaro, and he's been associated forever. But to see him in an HB shirt, and we haven't heard anything about it, was absolutely shocking. So I don't know what the story is with that. We got to find out. Cause yeah, I, I wonder what's happened there. Yeah, because he kind of worked for, I don't know, didn't he work for the distribution of AE or something in, in Switzerland? Or? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll contact Beat and ask him, see what he has to say. But shocking, shocking to see him in an HP shirt. Even you was like, what the, f-? you know? Yeah. So, um, like, also, uh, just looking through some news here, I see you have some new teammates on Ultimate and uh, Pro Circuit. Looks like Johnny Skidmore is going with the whole Pro Circuit Ultimate Racing uh, shebang. I, I think Johnny Skidmore can be the next big thing out of England. I know Mick, Mick has said that, but I think he can. Let's see what he does with this. Once they get back racing and does with this Mugen <clears throat> and see what he can do. It's going to be interesting to see. Not saying he didn't do well with the Agama, but you know what I mean. So he's under the Baldo brothers have gone back to Mugen and they're all full pro circuit and ultimate. So you, ultimate's making some big moves in Europe. Roger's doing some big moves. Brent's been doing big moves over here in America. Ultimate's booming right now. Ultimate and Pro Circuit. It's good stuff. Good things to see. Good to see. Um, just races everywhere, man. We had races in in Greece, uh, Germany, Dan- in Denmark. Pelle Comse has won a whole bunch of races. In America, they had the Revelation uh, Club race. Actually, Cody Watson, hot sauce. He's over in, in California. He's been there for about two weeks now. He's been hanging out. He's been having fun. He went to the hot rod. Uh, he done Tuesday Night Nationals with Greg. Um, went OCRC. Normally wants a 10 scale car. He did the, this racer, uh, not Revelation, but he did uh, <clears throat> at Thunder Alley this past weekend. He was doing good, uh, but he uh, lost a clutch spring or something. So it's a good move for Cody going out there and getting some racing on his belt, getting in ready for PMB. So he's having fun, you know, living that California life. But um, Techno has released a new new buggy engine, it looks like. So I was watching the video on that, which is pretty cool. Mayfield went to the Proline Summer Off-Road Shootout. He won that. I see your buddy, Matty Gonzalez, hashtag not a criminal, won JBR Electric. I like, I like that. We need to get him racing eight scale. I don't know if he can handle it. I was teasing the other days, man. You got to run some Nitro. I used to run Nitro. I was like, you should run JQ. You and JQ get along really well. So you should run one. Frick, forget all this electric stuff. You can still do electric stuff, but let's, uh, let's do some, uh, some Nitro because Nitro is the glory. So. Lots of stuff going on. Just lots of races going on. Looking at Neo Buggy. The uh, like I said, the, the techno engine is the big thing. A lot of people bought that. Apparently, it's it's the same innards of the current buggy engine or something. The carburetor is the same, same everything. Just the the case is a little different. The head is a little different. It's supposed to be smoother. So yeah, I think these block engines are pretty good. Lots of people are buying them, and lots of people use them that don't even use techno. So yeah, I guess they're good, and they come pre broken in. Good stuff. Well done, techno. But just races everywhere. They got this new FX of Nitro Championships put on by Rob Isaac. He's actually going to be on the podcast here in a couple weeks. 
they are doing a whole different race. They're doing like all racing. So basically, all qualif- basically like kind of like RCGP. All qualifiers are heads up racing, and then they have two 15 minute uh, moto mains. Yeah, it's racing going on, dude. Definitely a lot of racing going on. Lots of 10 scale racing, and definitely lots of eight scale racing, but not. You know, not the big, big races like PMB, but that's coming up and it's going to be interesting to see. <clears throat> interesting to see. And if everything goes well, maybe I'll be at Wicked Weekend. So we shall see. We shall see. Anything else news wise you want to talk about, Joseph? Nope. Well, you are as useful as I don't know what. Anyway, you know what time it is, Joseph? It is time for the BRC Facebook. Beach RC Bench Racing segment. BeachRC.com, the racer's one-stop online hobby shop. Choose from all the popular brands and variety in stock with super fast shipping and great customer service. BeachRC.com still has the local hobby shop feel with all the benefits of the internet. BeachRC.com is the exclusive distributor for Ultimate Racing, JQ Racing, Pro Circuit Racing Tires, Nitro Lux Fuels, and Assault RC Performance Products. So fill up your cart and check out at BeachRC.com today. Thank you, Beach RC and Brent Densford, Lucas Lauren, uh, for being supporters of this podcast. They've been a longtime supporter of this podcast. They are brick and mortar hobby shop based out of Myrtle Beach. Badass track. Um, really great dudes. They send you candy in your in your orders. I was talking to Brent the other day. He's super stoked. Things are going really well at Beach RC. <clears throat> he's uh he's happy. And uh the future's looking good for them. So thank you to Beach RC for sponsoring the Facebook uh bench racing segment of the podcast. This is the segment where we answer your questions from Facebook or personal messages. So Joseph. We have quite a few questions. Are you ready to to answer them? I'm ready. Awesome. So our first question comes from my good friend, Andres Segreda Constania out of Costa Rica. I was just talking to him last night. He wants to know how to tell if a front camber link is too long or if a rear camber link is too long. I guess what he wants to know is... Um, how do you know, like, if it's too long for handling, diff- for handling wise? Well, long camber links make the car less responsive, reacts slower to everything, and it's the car feels softer, it rolls more. Um, the problem is if you run. Really, a really long camber link on the rear, for example. Let's say you hit a bump or you get sort of out of shape and the car starts sliding. It's very hard to recover from that. It's almost like you have to sort of stop and then go. So the car, if if you lose control of the car, it's hard to recover, square up and go straight again. So that's a problem you have. Also, if you're an aggressive driver, it will feel like you try to push the car in a corner, for example, and it, it will sort of roll too much. And, and uh, typically what happens is in a corner, maybe you are too aggressive, you get on throttle a lot, 
and it just dumps completely onto the rear outside tire. And then you lose your corner speed and you have to accelerate again. So when the links are too long for your driving style, what happens is you, you keep pushing the car over the limit, over, over what it can handle. And you feel, and you find yourself constantly sort of losing all your speed in corners because it rolled too far. And then after you, after you have uh, lost control in some bumps or in some difficult section of the track, it seems to be very hard to recover from that. And maybe just also, if if your if your car just feels too sluggish, too slow, it doesn't respond, it doesn't turn into corners, and let's say you have a quick section of like corners after each other, and you feel that it's not responding fast enough to those, then those are the sort of situations where maybe shorter links would be better for you. So shorter links will make the car respond faster. Uh, square up and go straight after you've been sliding. The car will drive around the track a bit stiffer, so you can push it a bit harder. So, yeah, that's Sweet. what I have to say about that. That makes sense. That makes sense. Thank you, Andreas, for the question. Next up is our Instagram questions. One from Enrique Malone. What's up, Enrique? Enrico. Sorry, I always say Enrique. I would like to know how I can figure out if I'm running too much or too little anti-squat on a smooth track. Um, so on a smooth track, it makes sense to run more anti-squat because when you have more anti-squat, that geometry resists the rear of the car squatting down under acceleration. So what happens instead is when the load moves towards the rear, the car doesn't squat, instead it pushes the rear tires harder into the ground. So you have more grip, so you, the car accelerates harder when you have more anti-squat. So typically, if the track is smooth, you can get away with running more anti-squat. The reason you can't do that on a bumpy track is, then what happens is, because the suspension uh, essentially is stiffer when you accelerate because it doesn't allow the rear end to squat down. If the if you're accelerating on a bumpy track, it will make the wheel start to bounce and and then you lose forward drive because of that. So on a bumpy track you want to go to less anti-squat so that the suspension absorbs the bumps and the tires follow the road and you accelerate uh, faster. So what's the limit? Uh, everything everything has its limit. So even on a smooth track, too much anti-squat will make it to where you will lose grip in surprising sections of the track. Like you you'll go you'll be in a corner, go into a corner, and you'll lose traction and and oversteer essentially. The rear wants to start sliding out. And also, just driving around the track, the car will feel quite stiff and unpredictable. So there's a limit to everything. You have to find what the right amount, what the most anti-squat is that you can ru uh, run that's still good. And yeah, so but that's my recommendation anyway, that 
on a smooth track, you would run more anti-squat because it's faster. It makes the car faster. And you run more up to the limit of where the negative side of losing traction in certain situations become an issue. Sweet. Thank you, Enrico, for the question. Another Instagram question. KB Wolf 83 I actually messaged, ended up chatting with KB Wolf after this. He says, I would race RC. I am a, in a 1.5 hour drive from the entire JBRL circuit, but I don't want to spend the money. So why would I? Instead, over the past year, two years, I've bought a TXR, a UDR, convert my slash to drag car and get and got a Kyosho Phaser MK2 and three other trucks that I that don't race. I think racing is overwhelming at a track. How many people do you think are just like me? They need a break in class to get me out there. So I ended up talking to KB. <clears throat> Basically, what he was saying is he kind of what we touched on a couple of weeks ago, uh, a couple of episodes ago about people feeling intimidated at the track. And we got to talking and I really want to see people racing, you know, no matter what. And I, I can, I can understand exactly what he's talking about because I remember the first time I went to California and I remember telling you, I said, man, or like we went DNC and I was like, Oh, it's, it's so different on the East coast. You know, East coast is, was more welcoming. I guess, you know, I've been to the East coast more. Maybe I knew more people, but I now that I now when I go to the West Coast because I've been going there for for three years now, it's so different because you know people now, and also you you gotta you gotta speak to people too. You know what I mean? Because I, I find a lot of people expect everybody to speak to them first, and you know me, I'll go up and just start talking to to anybody, and next you know we're talking for an hour about something. Uh, I do get nervous sometimes um, around the pro guys. I'm kind of getting out of that. But I ended up talking to this 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 guy, and he he's passionate about RC. We was talking about um, no prep drag racing, which I think is awesome. And he's like, yeah, the vibe's really good there. And, and I just feel intimidated at these races. And I was like, well, you know, I get that. But if you don't go to the races and start racing, you'll never race. So I would focus on going to the race, racing having fun and then you then you will meet people eventually and sometimes you have to be the the pursuer of that sometimes you have to 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 be the one to go up and say hello hey my name's this and we should be different too and i'm sure most people will come up and help you and, and speak to you and stuff like that but sometimes we have to be willing to go up and ask for help and or introduce ourselves so yeah I think it goes both ways. Yes, things people can be intimidating at races because we're all serious and we all think we're pros. And it's not just the West Coast. It happens everywhere. But at the same time, you know, we as a newbie should, should kind of, not should, he, he should be open to introducing himself as well or themselves to people. So I think this is not just unique to RC. I think this is unique to life. So I would say to KB, and I talked to him, and uh, on the chat is just, man, get get what you want. If you want to race e-buggy, go get it. Go sign up for sportsman class at JBRL, or whatever race you want to go to, because you, you live in SoCal, and you have all these awesome tracks available to you, and just go run. And don't worry about people yet. 
you know, people will you'll meet people and you'll you'll get your little friends and you'll all find that you have something in common outside of RC and that will be that will be your friends that you go racing with and next you know you'll be having a blast. So that's my thoughts on that. It goes both ways. It goes both ways, dude. All right. So we have quite a few questions actually, Joseph. Um Kyle Neary. Uh, first, Lisa Miller Smith from The Voice RC. She goes, I was, she goes, and eBuggy still isn't paying our bills. <laughs> she's uh, she's awesome. She is on a, another podcast. They're from Alabama. She pits her husband. Congratulations. She's lost a whole bunch of weight, too. So she looks uh, a big, big transformation. Congratulations to her. Kyle Neary, how has JQ felt not having Facebook anymore? I mean, you aren't going to believe me, but it really doesn't make a difference to me. You think that I'm in some sort of, uh, what's that called when you're addicted to something? Like, yeah, like you're I addicted? have withdrawal symptoms or something. There's nothing. I really <laughs> don't give a shit. Do you like, think- I'm actually a bit disappointed that it's not, it's not sort of better than this. Like it didn't, I was expecting like a positive change, but no, no, no. Not really. No, that's not. That's a sign of addiction, right there. You, you thought it was going to be positive and it's negative, so you now you're giving yourself an excuse no, to come back. It's not negative. It's like it didn't really make a difference. I think it's made a great difference. You've been able to focus Maybe more. Maybe to your work. life. Well, my life. Oh yes, but just the lives. Period. But you've been able to focus more. You're just saying. You're just saying that to play it down. So when you do come back, you're gonna be like, change nothing. And then you're going to be full I'm, on, I'm not full on offering hand jobs at, on the corner to feed your addiction. I'm not going to be back. I hope, so. not. I hope not. Okay. Uh, David Brash, Brashers, Brashears. David from Kentucky. Working on brake setup. What is your preferred settings? More front brake, more, more rear brakes, same front and rear. Can you explain the difference in setup? Thanks, guys. I love the podcast. Thank you, David, for your support, and thank you for your question. I run 50-50, like same front and rear. That's that's the goal. That's normally the best uh, thing to do. If you run more on the front, the car is always going to push a lot when you brake. So whenever you use the brakes, the car will push. If you're turning and you brake, it will stop turning and you know, push out. If you brake too late, you're going to blow the corner because your car's just going to be pushing and you have to let off the brakes to turn. Opposite is true. If you have more rear, it kind of acts like a handbrake. So around tight corners, it's good because you tap the brake and the rear steps out and you swing the car around. So it's good. But then if there's a really high-speed section and you need to really slow down in a straight line, before you're in the corner turning, can be hard to slow down in a straight line if you have more rear brake because the rear will want to slide around. So 50-50 is, is really the best and easiest bet. And maybe if you're on, a, on a, the kind of, tr- a kind of track where you need, need more rotation out of the car and there's not really a section where it's super high speed and you're braking hard in a straight line, then maybe you add a bit of rear, so you have a bit more rear brake than front brake, 
because that just helps you to enter the corners because when you brake, you can already start turning the car. So, yeah, or you're in the corner and you notice like, oh, you're, you're going a bit too fast and you're going to blow the corner. You just tap the brake a bit and it slows the car down and also turns it a bit. So it sort of helps you. So there you go. Yeah, I would concur with that. I've, I've actually done the whole tap my brake in the middle of the corner when I can. My finger doesn't react that fast anymore. But uh, thank you, David, for the question. Next up is S.J. Chantler from UK. Captain Hurt Hearts right there loves Hearts track. What's up? Uh, and he's an avid JQ supporter. Bro, is the next big advancement in RC going to be FPV racing in all classes, combining a sort of eSport element to RC? I think eSport racers would like to race actual cars, even scale ones like the 8-scale buggy. I also feel as an RC racer, I'd like to try racing a buggy via FPV. We already have FPV drones, so the technology is there and is advancing at a fast rate. Will it be long before we see FPV races roll out across the world? Is it going to redesign the land-based RC industry? What are you guys' thoughts? I would like to see it. I don't think it's going to happen, but I would like to see it. I would mm -hmm. like to see some first-person view uh, racing. It would be really interesting. I, I think if we do see it, it's going to be from the onward, maybe oval side of things. Um, I did see, like they did a fifth-scale car with it. I, and I know they did it in trail, ray, trail trailing. And I know it's been done on other things, but... Why say onward? Because, I mean, okay, in esports, you actually, like, in a, when you're, you're driving or you're playing your game and you're in a cockpit, so you have mirrors, you have a rear mirror, you have side mirrors, so you can see what's going around, cars coming, whatnot. And, you know, you, you also have a really good view, obviously, of, of, of the track in front of you. So with the FPV stuff in um, drones, they're in the air. It's 3D. And they're kind of... Uh, uh, it's four of them, I think. And I, I haven't watched it for a while, but they're going through these hoops. And, you know, sometimes even the FPV stuff, when they get far away, they have static and all that stuff. But basically, I guess what I'm trying to say is for the drone racing, they just need to know that they've got bigger obstacles, the floor, the hoop, the obstacles they have to go through, walls, that stuff. Like, okay. Not saying that that's anything easier. But, yeah, let's put it this way. FPV for RC cars, <clears throat> fifth scale, or bigger oval, you're going around in a circle, you got to know where your, where your other cars are. You know, there's not too much deviation in the actual, um, I, you know, obviously there is, but it's not like off-road. Now, off-road FPV, oh, man, that would be super hard. I mean, it could be doable, but imagine how hard it would be. You, you'd have to worry about buggies behind you, holes, you know, holes going up, jump, jumping, all that type of stuff. You would lose... I think an eight scale would be difficult. Not saying it can't be done, but it would be difficult. Maybe something for the future. But I would definitely like to do some FPV racing. I like to do some FPV drone racing, to be honest. So anything's possible, SJ. I'm down for anything that gets our hobby in front of more people. So I don't know that. I mean, I don't think that if we were to race FPV that we could 
have the same kind of tracks that we have now. No. They're just, the tracks are just too difficult, too technical to be able to do that. You know, to, to be able to hit those big jumps and that time the jumps and everything. that It would actually be really interesting to try. I think it would be challenging. Yeah. But it's a, yeah, that's a great thing. Um, I'd, li- I'd like to try that, actually. I need, I need to try that, along with the gyro tests I need to do. Um, yeah, thanks for the question, SJ. And um, keep on racing, man. So our next question is from Wayne Stevens. Wayne says, I really enjoy the podcast, and I like JQ's take, up, take on setup. Super smart guy. Can you possibly ask JQ to enlighten us on how the pros get their cars to settle so quickly when they land. It's obviously something to do with which tires hit the ground first in certain situations as opposed to other situations and and he thinks throttle inputs at key moments. Please, he wants you to go in as detail as much as possible. He's trying to figure it out and it's a slow process for him. This is actually a good question. I think we kind of touched on this. I know Jared Tebow touched on this on one of his lives too. Um, why don't you give your opinion on this, Joseph? Well, I think that the better drivers are just, they're able to, first of all, time the jump properly so they land in the right place of, of the jump. So they don't come up short, they don't, don't jump too far. They land in the perfect place of the downslope of the jump. So then the impact of landing is the smallest. Also, when they land, the, they land in a way that the angle of the car is such that all four wheels land at the same time, or maybe the front front tires hit hit first. So n- not like the rear tires hit first and then the front slaps down. Mm-hmm. So either all four tires together, or maybe the front tires land a bit earlier and then the rear. So it's a, it's a smooth as smooth landing as possible. So they time the jump, land in the on the downslope, and land with all four tires, or maybe the nose comes down a bit for, bit earlier. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is, they are driving the car already as they land. They don't land, wait, go. They are going as the car lands because if you are in the if you're landing in the correct spot of the downslope, the correct that car is car's attitude and angle is correct if you get on power as you're landing when you are on power the car suspension um, will be stiffer because of, of all the friction in the drivetrain and the tires gripping the ground on power so then the the the, the suspension will actually absorb the, the landing better so if you just land without any any input as a driver, the chassis will slap harder than if you land on power. So this way you can maintain control. If if also if you land on power, the car will continue going in the direction you want it to go in. So if you're landing and you want to go into a corner, if if you're turning slightly and you're on power, the car will land and continue on that arc. 
But if you're turning slightly and you land and you not no inputs, maybe your car will want to start spinning out, or something else will happen. You know, so or it will uh, uh, slap the chassis and then bounce up and be loose. So you want to control the landing. You want to time it to perfection. So you land on the downslope. You want to land with all four tires at the same time, or maybe the front a bit slightly before. And you want to land on power and driving the car in the direction you want to go next. So that's, yeah, that's the best explanation I can give. And it, the, the better drivers are just better at doing that because they, they position the car better and they apply just the right amount of throttle and steering input. And yeah, that's how they, they are faster than, than others. Yeah, that all makes sense because the energy is going forward. You know what I mean? From the jump and from the impact from the jump. So if you just land, like even if you land front wheels down and you give it gas, the energy is still going forward and it absorbs it different. Now, like you said, if you, if you just come from height and just boom, you know, your chassis just slaps and comes back up and it, it, uh, it, it, your car becomes, you know, just, it just, you stop. Like you, you know, obviously you, you, you lose momentum. And the same goes with the the rear wheels hitting them. I, I watch these dudes at DNC and the the micro inputs that they put into their throttle and in the, the on the jumps and landing and corners is absolutely incredible. So that makes sense to me. Perfect sense. Thank you for the question, Wayne. Our next question is from Magnus from Sweden. Magnus wants to know. We know who the owners of JQ and Infinity are. Who are the owners behind the uh, Mugen, Serpent, TLR, etc.? Um, Serpent, I think it's uh, the same, like a Hong Kong Chinese company. They also own Aeromax. Okay. What, didn't they start uh, in, in Europe? Serpent. Serpent used to be Dutch. Right. I don't know. I think some of the same people are still there, but at some point, at some point, Serpent went bankrupt back in the day. Then I don't know what happened. Then I can't remember anymore who they teamed up with, but same people still stayed. And then they got bought by this Chinese or Hong Kong company. And, uh, yeah, so some of the same pe original people are still at Serpent, I believe, but it's owned now by Chinese company. Yeah, and I think... And uh, Mugen is Japanese-owned. Mugen Japan, that's the owner of Mugen. And then there's a separate company, Mugen Europe and Mugen USA. So there's three different Mugens. Mm -hmm. really. And then and what else was TLR is owned by Horizon, obviously. Yeah, TLR, Horizon, a big corporation. Kyosho is now owned by a bank. like it used to be. Like TLR used to be a family-owned business passionate about RC racing and then now it's fully owned by Horizon big hobby distributor yeah uh, big conglomerate that's buying up everything but that's how things that's how the world's going uh, Kyosho is owned by a bank now I believe <laughs> I guess <laughs> um, yeah curious to see what happens there with Kyosho had some financial issues for a while now so let's see how this covid situation affects it 
Well, I think they're doing really good in the Mini Z market and the, everything else outside of eight scale racing. Yeah, interestingly, actually, a lot of hobby shops have said that the, now with the COVID situation, the sales have actually gone up. Mm -hmm. like racing side way down, but yes, all the hobby stuff has gone up. Yeah, of course, because people are still doing things. And and Mini Z track just posted up a badass Mini Z track at Coral's uh, Coastal RC. Barry Schimmel and his and those guys have got a track there in Virginia. And it's it's a Mini Z track that's got elevation. It goes up a level. I thought it was really cool. And um, yeah, it's good to see. Um, yeah, and I guess we have uh, Agama's still. Yeah, let's talk about Agama. Agama is obviously Nemo is pretty much their big. Like, how does that work? So, John is. So it's a company in Taiwan. They actually make non RC stuff. I think like medical equipment or mm -hmm. something, something like that. Like, it's a big company that they make non RC stuff, and then they make. The RC stuff also because it's like the guy's passion or something and then uh, Nemo is a distributor so they Nemo Racing have the rights for Agama in Europe and now America with Nemo USA I believe yeah so that's that deal and well let, let's touch on S-Works S-Works is kind of the same it's a Taiwan company and yeah, but they S-Works used to be the, a brand that was owned by one of the manufacturers in Taiwan. But then, back with the, the whole Hobbico and Durango fiasco and all of that stuff, with that, them going bankrupt, the manufacturer also, because that was the manufacturer that was, that was making all that stuff, was making Durango and Arma and Axial and all those brands. So that... Uh, company in Taiwan also uh, went under then. Um, so they they actually owned S-Works at the time. So it was a manufacturer manufacturing for a number of different brands and then they had their own brand which was S-Works. So then, long story short, Austrian dude Max who whose real job is you know, car dealerships in Austria. I forget what brands he sell, like Volkswagen in Austria or something. Just Google his name, Sonnleitner. You'll see he owns a number of car dealerships. He bought S-Works. So now S-Works is essentially Austrian. Still employs some of the same people who originally ran the brand, but now it's owned by him in Austria. Interesting. And HB is owned by Neidhart, right? Yeah, HP used to be owned by, what's his name, like Tatsuro, I think, Tatsuro Watanabe or something like that. So he used, used to, he founded HPI back in the day. HPI was like this huge and really successful, like a, sort of like Traxxas. They had all these hobby level stuff, but they, they started dabbling more and more in racing and then they started HP racing. It used to be hot bodies, actually. So they started hot bodies, and HPI went bankrupt, and been going, you know, this way and that way, and a lot of people involved and companies involved, and then it ended up so that HPI uh, got taken over by Ripmax in the UK. I think Ripmax is a big distributor. I think they had Kyosho at some point, and. All kinds of different. Anyway, 
like a RC distributor mm-hmm. in the UK, and they they got HPI, and then Hot Bodies went to Neidhart, who is a distributor in Switzerland, and they changed the name from Hot Bodies to HB Racing. Interesting. And AE is owned by who? AE, well, AE used to be just like Losi. AE used to be uh, American-owned business by passionate RC racers, and then they were doing well. I think they were just doing well, and they sort of cashed out, and Thunder Tiger, which was a big manufacturer in Taiwan, uh, they bought AE back in the day. Okay. And then I don't know. I actually don't know now if AE has bought itself back, like it's associated now again an American company, or is it still owned by Thunder Tiger? I don't. I actually don't know. Interesting. I didn't know a lot of those things, so that's that's good to find out as well. Thank you, Magnus, for the question. Let's move on to the next one. And this comes from Justin Wright. I'm looking into going into 8th scale the, from 10th scale. I have wanted the e-car since the very first one. My local hobby shop and track don't support any have any support for JQ products. What are the main parts aside from the arms that I should order as spares? Mostly running indoors on medium-sized tracks and occasionally large outdoor tracks. Really want to run your buggy. Just don't want to worry that I'll get screwed on some weird part I can't get on the weekend of the race. Is it ridiculous to just order two kits and only set one up, or is that an overkill? He says, my son and I have listened to every show and appreciate everything you do for the hobby. Vote for Lefty. Woohoo! Uh, thank you for the kind words, Justin and... Um, uh, I'll reach out to you myself about the the JQ car. Unfortunately, uh, we don't have much support in local hobby shops. That's just straight up how it is. We don't have it because we. I, I, I get it. The demand isn't there. I think buying two kits is makes perfect sense. I mean, I used to do it all the time because I live where you can't just go in your hobby shop and get parts. So you, I always am buying constant new parts. Uh, or just to have in stock. I don't buy when I buy. I buy three sets of arms. I don't buy one. You know. Uh, with that being said, Beach RC is doing a great job of getting things shipped out. Usually, if you you can if you order it early that morning, you can have it. Maybe if you're close the next day, or maybe two days after. But. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we want more hobby shops carrying our parts, but it has to be a demand there. So if you want to run the car, run it. I would, if you want to buy two, I would definitely buy two. So you have, if you have two, you have a spare of everything. And we have a great support network online that will help you out. And you can contact myself anytime. And we have a rep up in, I think he's from the Ohio area, somewhere around that. And Tony Scarcella is our rep up there. And I don't know if you guys get to race with, together. Uh, you know, America's big. But uh, you contact me. You contact, and like, our guys will, like, literally send you a part if you needed it right away. But definitely get two kits, I would say. or And then, like, definitely, like, spare arms, spare shock ends. But, you know, sometimes when you're in the track, you don't have a part. Sometimes you just got to use something else. A little bit of Dremel. Drummer work and anything can be made to fit. Uh, 
So hit me up, Justin. I'll contact you. I've been busy. And uh, we'll get you sorted out, man. You'll get you sorted out. I'm glad that you want to run the, our car. It's a good car. Black Edition e-buggy is great. People are enjoying it. So. And buying a second kit is actually the cheapest way to, mm -hmm. to get all the parts. Yeah. I'll contact you, Justin. We'll get you sorted out. Thank you for the support, dude. David Olsen. What's up, David? I'm actually planning a big youth roundtable discussion, hopefully next week, and David's going to be a part of it. All the young, fast, eight-scale racers in RC, we're going to get together and talk um, and get their opinions on things. So David wants to know, what's your opinion on PMB-style races? If you like it, would you want this style of race to be more regular, or is it better as a once-a-year thing? I assume he means... I think he's talking about the practice schedule, 24 hours and all that stuff. Um, my opinion is I'm glad I don't race PMB. I think I like going to it. I think it's a great race and I get it. Like you can go there at three o'clock in the morning and go practice and have the track to yourself. But um, it's arduous, man. It's, it's, it's crazy. And that's the whole point of this race is like nonstop racing. Um, but it, 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 it's definitely a race. Once you finish, you're tired. So I think once a year is great. P, uh, those guys do a great job of putting, on, putting it on once a year. Obviously, it's got moved due to COVID. It's coming up in two weeks' time. But I don't think I could do two of those races a year. It would kill me. I'm getting old. Maybe for you, David. You're young. You can handle it. David, uh, Joseph, you've done one PMB. Yeah, I did one a few years ago. Did you go to the track at some crazy hour? to practice no okay well see also the pro class is at at decent hours because i know they like to schedule the pro main to be like in the afternoon or after lunch so people can watch it yeah that was actually weird because we were done so early yeah i remember that it's the open class that struggles i remember our first year we went we stayed there till 1 30 sunday watching uh because trent was in the in the last main so we wanted to watch that so yeah but qualifying day sucks i i want to say that we skipped the last qualifier with nagani they're like yeah we made the main <laughs> just left <laughs> sounds about right with greg yeah yeah i mean i get it i i really like um i know you're not a big proponent of it but i i went to ams and i want to go to wicked weekend and i like the the four-day schedule that he has where you come on thursday you can practice all day thursday practice friday if you want and then go into racing it's a little bit more relaxed but PMB draws an incredible amount of, of entries. So it's going to just make for a long day. And I think the, the easiest way is the 24-hour. And people just go to that race knowing that they're not going to really get any sleep. So you can sleep literally at the track, I guess. Well, I don't know how it's going to be this year. But I know Baladi slept at the track. Oh, that was so hilarious. I came in in the morning like, where the hell's Mike? He's all curled up in some... Like, it was cold, so he's in front of a heater, got his hoodie over him, and sleeping on it. I tried to call you, I broke a C-hub, my first run out, and you went home and went sleep. I was like, sorry, Mike, man, it was, it was late, I was tired. So, yeah, it, it has its... I, I'm glad I just go as a manager. I think if I raced that race, it'd be... I would. I don't know if I would like to be at the track at 3 in the morning. I like to be asleep at 3 in the morning. I don't even like to be out at three in the morning anymore but definitely i'm looking forward to this week next two weeks when they have it it's going to be good to see 
uh, the pro guys get to race and see what's happening. Open class is going to be stacked. Oof. I think the open class is going to be the most exciting class of that race. I know Ashton's going, the Fullers are going. Oof, open at PNB this year is going to be, it's not going to be easy at all. Kyle Predmore, what's up, AE fanboy? Says, sweet, uh, sweet uh, cover album, our picture. It's pretty cool. Dax Simonelli, I think this is our last question. No, actually, sorry, one more question, two more. Zach, Zachai Millen Paulin, what's up, Zach? What would it take to get RCGB to New Zealand? Can we pre qualify? Joseph. Pre-qualify for what? He, he asks, what would it take to get RCGP to New Zealand? Can we pre-qualify? Oh, yeah, well, it's highly unlikely because it's just... Too far. It's, it's too far. It's not where the market is. Yeah. The whole point is to kind of stay where the market is and make it affordable for the teams and people. And Yeah, unfortunately, you'd need to move New Zealand closer to the rest of us new zealand's actually further than australia isn't it yeah wow that's crazy crazy but what's up to the new zealand dudes mark johnston and all the guys there thylacine new zealand yeah, it's funny i just talking with mark today and it's so easy to forget that it's actually winter time there now yeah really yeah it's really cold and yeah because they're obviously southern hemisphere there they have the opposite um, of what we seasons to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just tend to forget that. Yeah, I do too. And the time difference—it's it's way. I, I'll be messaging him. It's like three in the morning, and he'll answer. I didn't realize it. Uh, good stuff. Shout out to the New Zealand New Zealand lads. All right, last question: Dax Simonelli from up the Pacific Northwest. Dax has been sharing pictures of um, him and his buddy Cody Grams. They built this nice, real off-road, old-school off-road track in his yard. It's got a working berm. It's got loom. It's uh, He calls it chocolate cake. It looks good. I, I really, the guy Eloy is taking some good pictures. I got to post them up. So Dax has a question. He's a big supporter of the podcast. Thank you for your support, Dax. He says, what up? What's the idiot's view <laughs> Or running mismatched tires. It seems like we ask every, we ask very different things from a front versus rear in a corner, and on, and then on acceleration, has he tested a softer feeling tread design on the front to ease edginess? And he goes by soft, I mean less a less aggressive edge configuration. Yep, it's something that people do. So. AKA drivers, they use, I think, impacts and zips and gridirons and whatnot, like mixed double downs also. And that's because you can you can have a car, you can have a tire setup where the front still has steering, so it has side bites and has steering, but then the rear doesn't have as much side bites, so it doesn't catch bumps. So I guess that's, that's one good way to do it. Uh, typically, it's something to do with, okay, you have these these tires and they're really good, good forward drive, safe to drive, but you don't have enough steering. So then you put a different tread on the front to get steering. 
So yeah, there are those kind of combinations that people use, and sometimes people also use different compounds front to rear. So yeah, yeah. It, I, know. I think it's something that people don't play around with that much. It's it is something that's good, but it kind of takes quite a bit of testing and uh, figuring out to do. And mostly people just throw on a set of tires and that's it. Mm-hmm. Lutz is big on doing that with the AKA tires. He loves running mi- mixed match towers like zips and double downs and all that good stuff. Yeah. So good stuff, Dax. Thanks for the question and thanks for the pictures, man. I really like you guys track up there. He, I really want to get up to the Pacific Northwest. He says, you can even bring Joseph. So we'd have to make it summertime because you can't handle the cold. And they don't, well, they race in indoors in the cold up there. So good stuff. Well, that's all our questions, man. We got quite a few questions, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for the questions. We've been going on for about an hour and a 25 minutes now. Thank you to Beach RC for supporting us. You can go to our affiliate link on uh, Beach RC and just using that link helps us out, helps track our influence with Beach RC. Really like Brent and, and what they're doing. Lucas is getting ready to take the white whale up to Sumter this weekend and then BNB the next weekend. Um, check out uh, Lucas's blog on there. It's pretty good. I actually might write a blog on there too. Maybe Lefty's Corner, Lefty's Thoughts. I'm not really good at writing, so I'll try it. But I'm definitely good at talking. So thank you, Joseph, for answering the questions. Thank you to everybody that sent them in. Thank you to our new sponsors. Um, Joseph, I think it's... Uh, we, we still have story time to do, but I think we're going to go to the main interview and then do a story time. What do you think? Okay. All right. So here is the main interview with Madman Marco Baruffalo. Techno RC. Techno RC. Techno RC is a premium manufacturer specializing in 8th and 10th scale high performance off-road RC buggies and trucks. Visit www.technorc.com for a complete catalog of their products. Techno RC, excellence in engineering. Hashtag Techno Takeover. So joining me in the virtual studio this week, he's become pretty famous over the last three years. He's one of the fastest racers in the world. He hails from Italy. Uh, he was the center of some controversy at the end. He's, he seems to always be the center of some controversy, but I love it. I love it. He's super fast. He's um, aggressive. And uh, I'm giving him the new nickname of Madman Marco Baruffalo. What's up, Marco? How are you? Hello, I'm good. And you? I'm good. Just chilling here uh, in my makeshift studio before I move into my other studio because I just moved house. How are things with you in Italy? Yeah, now in Italy, the thing is better. Uh, everything is open now. We can go outside, but we have um, to use the mask in public. We starting again racing and testing in the truck. So it, it's good now. What part of Italy do you do you live in? I live in the north, near Milan. What's your uh, What's your town called? Uh, it's Cortolona. It's a little little town. Okay, all right. It's like two hundred people. Oh, two thousand people. Two thousand. 
Okay. Yeah. So it is a small town. Yeah. How far away are you from the other Italian racers? It's like less than one hour with Berton and uh, three hours with Zanchettina and Ongaro. Okay, okay. And how old are you? It's 22. 22? Yeah. I thought you was like 25. I don't know why I no, thought No, no, I'm, I'm young, I'm young. Oh, you're still very young. Okay, young man, young man. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. I know uh, you uh, English isn't your first language. I've spoken yeah. to you at races. Uh, I think your English is great. So I just want people to know that, you know, that you don't really speak in English that much. So if if there's, if we're going to talk a little bit slower for you, And um, yeah, I think it's going to be a great interview because I want people to get to know you. I love your style. I, I, I've seen you, I mean, I've seen you at three different DNCs now. And yeah, yeah. I've seen you do stuff that I just was like, what? <laughs> like, honestly, I think last year, um, uh, you was the only person doing this line. You would... Uh, You know, like the, the triple that was in the second lane when you came on the la track last year? Yeah, yeah. You would double or somehow you would double or something and then jump into a hole. I can't remember exactly what it was, but you would jump and then cut over that part of the track kind of. And Yeah, it's like two years ago. Yes. I think. Yeah, I would, yeah, I remember, I remember. I was like, nobody else was doing that. You was the only one doing it. I thought it was so amazing. And I was like, and it was fast. Yeah, my mechanic said, go outside like the other one. And they say, no, no, inside is better. It's faster. Yeah. And then at DNC this year, man, I, I just saw you pull off some, like, I'm like, he didn't wreck? Like, like just like that. And you were still, I mean, the first, I think it was like three or four minutes or was it? Five minutes. No, it was seven minutes when you battled for the lead of the main and then you ran out of fuel. Did you run out of fuel? Uh, sincerely, I don't know. Because in the free practice, we tried the fuel and I ran out of fuel at 9 and 20. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the final, we don't know, maybe less traction, low, lower oh, temperature. He was full but punch at, too. Uh, yeah. But at 7 and 15, I, was, I ran out of, out of fuel. But I don't know why, sincerely. I will tell you what, man, that was probably one of the most exciting seven minutes of racing I've ever seen. My body and, yeah, I, yeah. My body Maybe, and I were yes, watching but, it and was just like... Yeah, but also the, the other pit stop at 7 and 15, I was totally... I have to fuel because yeah. I, had, I have no fuel. But I mean, just the way you were driving was just like out of this world, man. I was just like... My buddy Mike and I were just watching. It's like, look at Baruffalo go. I was like, it's just, it was just, you're yeah. so, you're mad, man, I mad was, man. Yeah, I was very comfortable with the track, with the cars, tires, everything. It was very, very good. Yeah, you had a great DNC. You've had two great yeah. DNCs. Well, three, because you had a good uh, one when I first saw you in 2018. So. Yeah, it's three, three DNC. One in the 2018, one two years ago, and one this year. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk a little bit how, about how you got into RC. So, how long, how old was you when you got started, and how did you get started? Okay, so my dad started to race with the RC in the 1986, 
and uh, he became a good uh, friend with the modellismo Fioroni. You know it? Yes, Fioroni. Yeah. Mm. And uh, when I was uh, five years five years old, uh, Fioroni told to my dad if he, um, he wanted that me start to race, and uh, he gave me everything from the first day. With he helped me, and uh, I start to race in. Uh, in the track that now is my home track. And uh, when I was nine years old, I started to make the Italian nuts. Mm -hmm. And in the first year, uh, I made uh, only two, uh, two races of four. And uh, in the last one, I made the, my first final at the, the Italian nuts. Really? And, uh, at nine yeah. years old? Yeah. Okay. And in the... I think when I went, when I was 13 years old, uh, we made uh, uh, the the four total race of the Italian Nuts, and they finished second. Really? And, but I started, yeah. And in that season, I started to race in the pro class with Tortorice Rabitti mm -hmm. because I. I want I wanted to improve my driving style to do better and better every time. So and in the 2013 uh, I won the Euro B in Sicilia. Awesome. So you kind of started out with Nitro right away. Yeah, with the Nitro. With my uh, Kyosho MP777 Inferno. Yeah, I remember Fioroni made so much stuff for the Kyosho yeah. car. Yeah, yeah. I used to so like their clutch, the, um, yeah. the two-shoe clutch that they had, and you had the one spring around it. A lot of people didn't like it, but I liked it. I thought it was good. It lasted yeah, a long time. Yeah, the name is, I think, is Turbo Slita, I think. Yes. <laughs> so what, so I guess you just naturally, your dad was racing, then you naturally graduated into it. You had a lot of talent. Who were some of the uh, fast guys in Italy when you was growing up? Uh, there was Lanfranchi, mm -hmm. Tortorici, Rabitti, and Teghesi. Do these guys still race now? Uh, Lanfranchi and uh, Tortorici, uh, no. And uh, Rabitti and Teghesi, <clears throat> yes. Okay. All right. So who were some of the, uh, outside of those guys, who were some of the early influences in your RC career? When I was younger. Uh, I look at every time to Rabitti because I loved how he drive the car, really smooth, uh, never oversteering. Uh, it's is looking very good. But now my driving style is totally the opposite of Rabitti. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> who were uh, <laughs> who were some of your biggest competition? Who were the young guys coming up? Zankatin's a little bit older than you, isn't he? Yeah, he's three years older, two years older than me. <clears throat> okay, so was it Zanketin? Uh, yeah, we were in four, me, Zanketin, Ongaro, and Berton. Wow, so you guys have been racing we, each other for a long time. Yeah, it's like 10 years old, I think. Wow. Because when uh, Fioroni um, sell the GS in Italy, mm -hmm. he helped me, Zanketin, and Ongaro. That was the GS Storm, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yes. Yeah. And the Troggy and Ten all that years, stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I remember those. 
I remember this. So we, we start together. <clears throat> but Angaro is the youngest of you guys, correct? Yeah. Okay. Wow. So he's you, 19 years old now. Yeah. Because you guys are still all very young. Very young. Yeah. <laughs> but so much talent in, in Italy. But we'll talk about that uh, later on. After. Yeah. So you started out with Kyosho, went to GS. Uh, I guess you 2013, you won the Euro Bs. For people that don't know, <clears throat> the uh, the Euros, they have a Euro B, which is kind of like, I would say for amateurs or amateur racers, I would say, or up-and-coming racers, young racers, or just people who, who want to race that. And then they also have the Euro A's, which is the main Euro race. Where if you win, it's like the it's like in America the pro and the sport. I think open class, yeah, like that. Open, yeah, yeah. But two separate races. So you won that in uh, Angaro's track, right? Yeah. And how was yeah, that? Yeah. How, that... We were the faster from the first day. But, and uh, in the final, we started with number me one and David two. Mm -hmm. But uh, before the final, rained rain a lot, really, really a lot. And uh, everyone decided to change tires and put super soft. But um, the guy from RB, uh, Eric, said me to to use the same tires in the medium compound because with the rain come out a lot of rock in the track. Mm -hmm. And uh, with the medium was so fast the car, mm. easy, easy, easy. Was the track the same as it is now? Same footprint, same layout. Uh, no, the layout uh, changed. I think four or five times okay. from the Euros, but it's pretty the same. the 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 dirt is is similar. Oh man, the uh, Euros last year was so exciting. The final with the rain, and uh, yeah. one of the best races I've seen in a long time. Not for my side. <laughs> yeah, well, I forgot what happened to you. Uh, I lost a screw. Uh, of the center drive shaft, and Ranafal kind of lost it on the last lap too. Like no, Ber Bertons uh, overtake uh, yes. Ranafal on the last lap, and then they fought like I. I thought he had it, like, I thought Ronafalk had it in the bag, and then he kind of, I think he just kind of went too slow or just too relaxed too much, and Barton kept on going. No, I think um, I was looking Ricky, mm -hmm. and I think he was faster yeah. in, the, in the first part of the track, and the David was faster in the other parts. It was a great, great race, nonetheless, though. Yeah. Oh, man. A lot, of, a lot of rain during this week, the, yeah. uh, the, um, that week. During the race, during the actual final rain, that's what was so amazing. And that's, yeah. And you guys we, just kept going. I think going. we made uh, the quarterfinals, one under the sun and one under the rain. Insane, insane. Yeah. I do like that track, though. It's, it's made for some great racing. I mean, Elliot Boots won his first Euros there. That was a great race. And yeah. Um, I really enjoy watching racing from the Angaro ring. So good stuff. Do you get to go down and race the, yeah, there much? The organization at the Angaro ring is the one of the best in mm -hmm. Italy, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, that goes to show also in Angaro's racing, you know, his team is really good. And yeah. that's why they're probably one of the most successful teams in RC. Yeah, at the moment, yes. Yes. So 2013, you win the Euro 
Bees, what happens to you after then? Do you, you're what, uh, 2013, so you're still a young teenager. You're in school. Yeah, I was 15 years old. I was at school. And I think a lot of people think that when you want a European championship, also if he's a B, open class, uh, from the day after, it will change uh, your life. So like uh, every sponsor search you for give money for use the their materials but i think um when um when everything is over after the euros doesn't uh, anything change for me it doesn't yeah i want a, i want a race i win a, i want a race but i was uh, thinking about the next race and uh, also with the sponsor nothing changed for my side what car was you running when you won that? RB. Okay, so you was on the RB hill. cars, RB mm -hmm. engine, RB fuel, RB tires, everything RB. Okay. So, um, so what happened then after the Euro B? What, how, what, how long did you stay? Well, I don't know how the school system works in Italy, but when do you graduate uh, school and high school, I guess, in Italy? I lost a lot of time at school. Uh for my fault because I lost two years because uh, I don't want, um, I didn't want to study mm -hmm. and uh, I finished school like I think two or three years ago. Okay. I don't remember. And uh, so when I, uh, I went to school, um, the RC was like an hobby to do during the weekend just to relax and because I really like it. And after when I finished the school, uh, RC, uh, it started to to became a job, a real job. Mm -hmm. And now it's a real job. So you you were still traveling to races when you were still in school, though, and but yeah. more of a hobby. So you graduated, say, what two three years ago. So you're not you're not you're not even been out of school that long. How did uh, you transition from it being a hobby to being a full-time job? How did that work out for you? How did that happen? Since I, I can't uh, explain how it happened, mm -hmm. uh, it's just when someone uh, gives money, gives materials, uh, give everything for you, mm -hmm. you have to test more, give him more, and uh, just... Uh, Test everything to improve the cars, the driving style, and everything else. Was was your so first? It, was that with TLR or was that with X-ray? Uh, with TLR, they helped me with the materials, but the real job started with the X-ray. Okay, how did you? Well, let's talk about how you left RB and then went to TLR. What happened with that? Because you're running full RB. Does the RB car still exist? I don't. Yeah. Think. No, because during the, I think, 2015, mm -hmm. the Airbnb company failed. I don't know if in English uh, is, is correct to say like this. Yeah, they, they kind of, they fizzled out. They, they don't exist anymore, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Fioroni in that period uh, worked with TLR. So he put in contact TLR with me and we start to work together just like the materials and uh, 
because I, I, I went to school. And uh, so in the middle of the season, we change uh, the, the sponsor, everything, engine, cars, tires. And I made uh, the, the first season with the TLR with no sponsor for the tires. And uh, in the last part of the year, I met for the first time Nicola in the, in the last round of the Italian Nuts. And from the first time, uh, we like each other and uh, we, we start to work together. Mm-hmm. Had he had, did he have off-road tires at that time or was, it, was he just venturing mm-hmm. into the off-road scene? They were just prototype. I think only one person tested uh, tested it them, mm-hmm. and during the Italian Nuts, uh, Nicola was a really good friend with Marco Natale, that is a a guy from the south of Italy, mm-hmm. and uh, Nicola went to the Italian Nuts uh, to search some drivers that can test uh, his tires, and uh, went to Natale and uh, he asked to him if there are some people some one driver that can test the, the tires during the Italian nuts. And uh, Natale said that there are there, there is only one driver that is crazy to test new tires during the Italian nuts. And uh, it was me. It was me. And uh, they were super fast. I made the pole position in the in both category, in the Nitro and uh, in the E-Buggy. But for the final, uh, I didn't trust in the tires. I don't know why. And I decided to put pro line, but it was the bad choice, worse choice. Mm-hmm. choice. And so after the race, I started to talk with Nicola every day. And uh, we, don't, we didn't talk uh, only about tires, but also our life. Mm-hmm. Just we are like big Brothers. brother and little yeah. brother. Yeah. He thinks very and, highly uh, of you. I know that. Yeah. And so we went uh, uh, one week to Padova to test the tires because in the in in November there was the World Indoor Buggy Cup. Mm-hmm. I race like this, I think. And it was the our first uh, international race and went really good because I made the TQ and second in the final behind Robert. And from that race, we started to work together. Yeah, Nicola, Nicola has a lot of passion. I enjoy talking to yeah. him. Um, he spent a lot, of, a lot of time to mm-hmm. improve the tires. Yeah, and he, he isn't scared to tell you how it is. And when he talks about you, he talks very highly of you. And um, yeah, I can see you guys' relationships really good. I mean, even at DNC, you're pitting in the hot race tent with him yeah yeah yeah. x-ray guys and i i understand that so that's really good um and you've been with him for a long time and that's good because a lot of people don't don't stick with companies a long time nowadays in rc so that's good to see as well so what happened at tlr to make you go to x-ray was it that x-ray just said hey we're going to give you a salary and uh uh uh, no, because the first part of the year with the X-ray, um, I didn't have a salary. Mm-hmm. Just because after four years uh, with the cars, uh, I want I wanted to to change. You know, I've, sometimes it's good to change air. Mm-hmm. And uh, I try X-ray, 
and the first time uh, it was really really bad because uh, I use um, Titan, uh, I think Titan, I think yeah, uh, setup and it was really really difficult to use for me. Very nervous mm-hmm. and uh, but after I work a lot with my dad with the car and uh, we improved a lot for my driving style. Oh, okay. Good stuff. Um, how did, so how did you transfer from non-salary to being on the team and, and getting paid? And how is it working with Martin Bayer and Uri? And do you also work uh, with Coelho a little, at, at all? I mean, because I think between you and Coelho, you probably, guys are probably the number one and two, or probably even you because you race more. Uh, X-ray eight-scale drivers in Europe. Um, I think when uh, when I didn't have salary, or uh, yeah, you go to test the race and everything else. But when someone give money for you, I think it's totally different because the people spend a lot for you, mm-hmm. and uh, you have to do the result. Just to more pressure, uh, yeah, more pressure. And I think I work with Meyer, Bayer, Uri, and um, Bruno and Ty. It's really good because uh, we talk a lot to improve the car, the tra- uh, the car. And uh, I think for Martin, it's difficult because me and Ty. Uh, have a totally different uh, driving style. Mm-hmm. So a lot of time for me, one one part is better, and uh, for Thai, no. And uh, sometimes the opposite. Yeah, I can and see so, that. So for the X-ray, is different. It's yeah. difficult. It, I would imagine so. And um, Martin uh, Bayer is a, more of an eight-scale guy, too. I... Um, it's really interesting, the whole x-ray situation. I, I really would like to get him and Uri on this podcast because I think I, I think they, they go they want to win. And I like that. And they and <coughs> you know I, people They are very, very good people. Yes. And people give them give them a lot of crap. I I have to at times too. But I think they do what it takes to win. And I can I think um at the Euros in 2018. Joseph showed me a video of when Coelho won and like the whole yeah. team was so happy. Like you can see your eye yeah, yeah, and all yeah. these guys. And, and I'm just like, if yeah, they, I, I think uh, if they make something like a car, mm-hmm. they made the car for win. Yes. Not for just stay second or third for yes. win. Well, you must be doing good with them because you've been with them now for how long? Uh, for three years with uh, X-ray. Yeah. That's good. It seems to be suiting your style. I mean, you, you're absolutely blazing fast with it. You just won a racer recently. Uh, what's been your, your best Euros and Worlds final finish? Uh, Euros uh, in Nitro, I think, eight, uh, five years uh, ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the e-buggy, I finished four. And uh, in the wars, I made only one words mm-hmm. in Las Vegas four years ago because two years ago I couldn't go in Australia. Yeah, 
<laughs> what happened there? Can you talk about that? Or something happened? You couldn't uh, get a visa yeah, or something? I, yeah, it's difficult to explain in English. Also in Italian, it's difficult to explain. Okay. Uh, four years ago, no, yeah, four years, no, three years ago, I made a car accident. Uh huh, car accident. And uh, yeah, and uh, in Italy, uh, if the person injured stayed more than 30 days in the hospital, uh, I don't know how to explain, but uh, I think it's like I, I can't go to the Australia or Canada for the Italian rules. Mm -hmm. Like, they, I think I understand because it's like they, you can't leave the country, I think. Yeah, I can leave the country for the USA, for Brazil, mm -hmm. but not for Australia and Canada. Oh, that's crazy. Could you go to in England? Australia, yeah, I can go. Wow. Yeah, it, it's, it's like because in Australia and in Canada, uh, uh, if someone in Italy... Um, oh, can't be extradited. Yeah. You can't, they can't come and get you. Yeah, it's like a people that went to the jail. Mm -hmm. wow. It's a stupid rules in <laughs> Italy, but it's like this. <laughs> and I because uh, I um, I know my friend that in a car accident, um, uh, the other people died, mm -hmm. and after one year, everything is resolved. And uh, me, after three years, and uh, anything is resolved. Wow, is is it resolved now? No, not yet. <laughs> oh, I have man. to do for eight months the community service. Oh, man. Well, I, you better get cracking yeah. on the community service. So <laughs> yeah, you can go yeah. to Canada and go to Australia. <laughs> cool. But after the, uh, at the end of the community service, uh, community service, everything will be good, and I can go to Australia and Canada. <clears throat> well, there you go. But I don't know when we're going to have... A world in Canada or Australia again. So I know. hope so. <laughs> all right. Um. So, all right. Let's talk about you. Uh, I I had heard about you, but I had never really. I'll be honest with you. I never really paid you much attention until 2018. Um, yeah. I had heard about y'all. I had heard about you, and you guys at DNC came out swinging. I think. Uh, I can't even remember. It's been so long ago, but you guys are so fast in qualifying. Where did yeah, you... we finished second and third. Yeah. Joe second and me third in the Nitro. And that just got people. That people that's what started all this gyro talk. I remember. Yeah. Because yeah. nobody knew who you guys were. And I remember going to Joseph. I was like, are these guys that fast? And he goes, yeah, man, these guys are fast. Like, you know. He says, Buffalo's yeah, crazy, the, but he's, you I know. think the, the big difference, uh, it's like three years ago, me and Joao were faster. We finished second and third. And uh, the American driver said, we use gyro, mm -hmm. we cheat. But this year, when uh, no one from Europe knows Seth Van Dillan, no one said that he using gyros is cheating. He I said, oh, fuck, it's really, really good. I know. Unfortunately, I think, 
I think the gyro talk actually might have started before that. I think it might have even started back from the worlds with with Davide. I'm not sure, but I had heard rumors of that. You mean you you mean in Las Vegas? Yes. In the, yeah. Yeah, I think that's where Because it started. I uh, yes, but I think uh, it was because in Italy uh, in that year mm -hmm. um, the. Amshi made made a rule where the um, they are allowed to use the gyro. Right, because they they use them a lot at Padova, correct? Because the track yeah. is yeah. But uh, from my side, I can say that me and Davide, Alex, and Ricky never use it because only one time Alex tested the gyro in Padova and mm -hmm. uh, he it was lower two second every lap. Yeah. So after one day, he decided to put off <laughs> and nothing. But. It I was, think with the gyro, the people that started to race or to uh, go to the track, I think is a good uh, idea. Mm -hmm. But for people uh, like pro driver, I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah, I, I think it's lower. Yeah, because it counteracts what they want to do. Like you guys want to do yeah. opposite. You you know the gyro continue to correct the car. Mm -hmm. so, so maybe when you want to to go inside that uh of the corner in um in overseeing you can't right man it was that i remember that everyone's like it's gyros and i remember just saying no it's not like these and, guys are just fast. and i think started everything because uh uh before the last uh the last course in the nitro mm -hmm. i changed the this the servo gas oh, and okay. uh, I remove from uh, another radio tray. And so someone said, uh, okay, he put, um, uh, uh, I don't know how to explain. Yeah. Like they were Because saying, it's I made this. everything, I made uh, everything faster. Yeah. Not just to, and they put the radio tray uh, immediately in the bag because after 10 minutes, it was my turn to run. Mm -hmm. And so someone said, okay, you put uh, immediately the radio train in the bag uh, for not see the gyro. Yeah, I mean, that was a, a whole... I kind of like this. Yeah, how did you feel about that? How did that make you and y'all feel at DNC? Was you guys pissed off about that? Uh, a lot. Yeah. Because me and Joao uh, were really enjoyed about the course because at the first DNC, we made second and third. And it's not like a club race. It's just mm -hmm. the, the biggest race in the first part of the year because there are everything, every, everyone. And yeah, uh, yeah we, we became a lot of nervous because we know that before the final, they check the, mm -hmm. the radio tray. And uh, they didn't find any, anything because me and Joao didn't use the gyro. Of course, but not. we know, uh, we know that if the final uh, will go bad, everyone think that we are we um, we were using the gyro, mm -hmm. and unfortunately, the final went bad. It was it was a hard final, Robert. Um, I mean, David drove a great a great race, <clears throat> and yeah, and, and Robert, Robert almost caught back. him. <clears throat> yeah, and that that's how I I think I started the that's when. I kind of got started in that whole USA versus America thing, which I still yeah. think is great rivalry, but 
that was a very touchy race. I remember, um, oh man, with poor Yao and his father getting, getting, almost getting a fight with, uh, Co Ogden and his pit, his, his pit guy. And then they wanted to fight Joseph. Oh, it was crazy. I didn't remember. Oh, I thought you was, you wasn't there. It was Yao, it was an e-buggy. Y'all did hit Co hard and they came down and started fighting afterwards. And then as Joseph walked off, Joseph, I think he bumped up. So Joseph bumped up. I was taking his car out of tech. And as he walked off, he shouts out, it must be the gyro. And then <laughs> his calls, uh, mechanic, Eddie, he ran over there. I thought he was going to hit Joseph with the car. And then I ran over there. And then next, you know, we had all the HB guys coming no, to our I pits. Remember. I didn't remember. Yo, y'all did because I like, oh, I think it was his dad. I don't know if that's his dad or not, but the older gentleman that I was don't with know. him. <clears throat> and, uh, oh man, I thought we was going to get out, get in an all out brawl right there. So exciting times at my first DNC, to say yeah, less. But it was exciting. Yeah, and I, I felt, I think that whole gyro thing kind of just, for me, which it put a, a black cloud over a great race because here we had a lot of Europeans coming over for the first time. Like, you know, Robert and David would come. And maybe, you know, maybe one or two Europeans would come. But this was the first time I'd seen this many Europeans come to race. So it was exciting for me. And just, and then that kind of, that gyro thing went next to um, when Davide went to uh, uh, Neo and won. Yeah. You know, and then even. Yeah, they start to call Davide on gyro. Yeah. And And. Then what he had to go through at the Worlds, I just felt... Yeah, also in Australia after the final, mm-hmm. that everyone said that Dongaro was using the gyro, but it's not true. Yeah, and he, I mean, he has, he still, I think he hasn't done as good as he should do at DNC yet. He's still struggling on the American tracks, but um, I think that has a lot to do with um, just nighttime racing, stuff like that, and and... Uh, the way he sets up his car and whatnot. I mean, he did win RCGP. Yeah, because the DNC track mm-hmm. uh, are really is really different from the Europe track mm-hmm. Very because much so. now in Europe all the track are are very flat. Yeah, flat, fast, and corner uh, speed. Yeah, at, at the DNC the track is slow. And uh, full of bumpy, and yep. so it's difficult to set the the car. Yeah, and his car set up for that corner speed, you know. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah. I think what's make giving the European guys that extra edge is that corner speed. But DNC this year's track was difficult. It was just um, super yeah, it's difficult. really difficult for the bumpies. Yeah, it's really really difficult. Yeah. And change a lot during the day. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because I remember this year, uh, on Friday, that we have the, the Nitro Quals, the triple in front of the restroom mm-hmm. was impossible to do. Yes. And no, no one did the triple. But in the final, after I flame out, um, every, every lap, I, I made the triple. 
Man, so you, the track and the line change every day. You took that triple in the first seven minutes, and you went, I thought you just flew into pit lane, and I was just so shocked to see, because I couldn't see the back end of the triple. I was like, oh, he just hit pit lane or something. And you just went, I was like, man, amazing what this guy can do with a car. Amazing. Let's talk about your driving style, because you are very, <laughs> look, the thing about it, you are so relaxed off the track, like you're like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're, yeah, you know, I know, I know. And then on the track, though, you are, you're very aggressive. <clears throat> you Let's be realistic. Yeah, it, you you have gotten like the a, name of being too aggressive. You've gotten a lot of trouble, a lot of yeah. verbal fights I with don't people. Know. It's like when I go up um, on the restroom, some something in my head switch off. <laughs> and I don't know why. It's just... I became nervous because I think I have to demonstrate. Yeah, it's correct. Mm -hmm. uh, every time that I'm here, I'm faster. But uh, uh, in the last period, I'm just more quiet on the restroom. Well, I, I'm I'm desperately waiting to see. Um the RCGP docu-series because I think you and Boots got at it and you and, yeah, a and, lot, a lot, and a Kyle lot. McBride got at it. And I, and I just am so anxious to see what this is all about. And I remember just like Boots coming up to you, when are you going to learn? When are you going to learn? And you're just like, ah, whatever. And you just like, you got your shades <laughs> on and you just walk off the stand. Yeah, and then it's because during the race, I tried every time I, I can to overtake the people mm -hmm. and uh, I don't think of the consequence. I just try to overtake him because in that moment I'm faster. Mm -hmm. I don't think of the conse uh, uh, of the consequence. Do you think if and, you... Uh, Go ahead, and, sorry. Uh, if, no, no problem. If I hit someone, it's not on purpose. Mm -hmm. I never hit someone on purpose. It's like... Uh, okay, I've run the line. Mm -hmm. Sorry. But... I get what you're saying. You, you know, mm -hmm. it's racing goes in the Formula One with Senna and Prost. Yes. You're like, um, you're like Senna. Like, he would just try and put it in there no matter what. Like, if yeah. you gave him a gap, he's going to go and try and take it. Yeah, yeah. If there is a, a little space in the corner, I try to overtake him. <laughs> just... That's why I like watching you <laughs> race, man. But you're so and aggressive. I, I remember last year in Bagland with my mechanic, and it was the free practice, and we uh, we had to make the free consecutive best lap. And uh, I was behind Canas that uh, on Sunday after he, he won the race, mm -hmm. but on Friday he was lower than me, and uh, my mechanics were missed three minutes. He said, uh, Marco, we have to overtake him because he's lower than uh, than uh, than I in this moment. And so I decided to overtake him in the worst part of the track, uh, in that in a triple on the corner. And uh, my mechanics say, if you touch him, uh, I don't care. I come up and I eat you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like uh, I... I know I was faster than him, so I want to do the best I can. So I try to overtake him in that part of the track. 
and fortunately, I didn't touch him. Who's your mechanic anyway? Uh, some, uh, usually, is my dad, mm-hmm. but he can come to all the race for the work. So sometimes is uh, Nicola, and uh, sometimes is a is the name is Danilo Ambrosio. Is a that- guy from Turin. Yes, is it the words uh, of Nicola? Was no, is okay. is a really good friend of Nicola. Okay, and uh, he sell out race for Nicola, but they didn't work together in the mm-hmm. same uh, space. Well, I I think yeah, Madman. I call you the bad boy of RC. You're you're so <laughs> fast. Do you think if you just if you just backed it down a little bit and bit, was a bit more, well, you're still young. So <clears throat> it took Mayfield a while to figure out, to back it down a little bit and, and win races. Not saying he didn't win before, but you know what I mean? He was either. Yeah. 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 I know. I know. <clears throat> Do you think like, if you just backed it down, like if instead of going 100% all the time, you went 95 and save 5%. You think- yeah. Everyone to, uh, said me, uh, think like this. But yeah, when uh, I am off the track, I can understand. But when I go upside, it's totally difficult. Uh, totally the opposite from my side. I don't. I don't know why. It's really difficult to to stay quiet and didn't go. Uh, don't go to the one hundred percent. I don't know why. I, I just uh, think it would help you because um, you do blow out sometimes too. Like yeah. Also, last week in my home track. Uh, when I I had like twenty second on the, the second, I continue to push one hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I there is no reason to push. No, not not at I all. I continue to push, and in fact, in the last lap, I made the best lap of the of the track. Yeah, but, but you was winning. Also, my, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. Also, my dad and my mechanic said, just relax. There is no reason to push. If we eat something, we broke the car and we didn't win. We don't win. So relax. But I don't know. It's my character. Mm-hmm. I just want to do everything to 100% every time. Well, I think we should just make it one, like the testaments 110%, and you just keep it at 100%. So when you need ten percent, you could go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my! I, know, I mean, even just watching in, you at DNC it, was just like, wow. Can you slow down a bit, just a touch? <laughs> it was so wild. Um, I know, I know. But <laughs> in the last period, I'm just a little bit quiet, a little bit. Have you gotten into any but, fights on the driver stand with people? It's come close. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah, just just uh, bad wars. <laughs> Or like Ryan, but no, I, I think um, if someone eat other drivers, I think that is the moment to stop the race. Yeah, because uh, also if for me is a job, uh, when you eat something with someone on purpose, there is a big problem. Mm-hmm. Not for the race, but in general. Yes. Yes, I agree. Um, we don't need that. I mean, a little pushing and shoving, maybe some verbal stuff. I'm good with that. Um, but- yeah, because also uh, we 
are the pro divers and uh, the ch- the children mm-hmm. uh, they are looking to us because they want uh, to be like Tesman, Bruno, Davide, and so they they look in us. And uh, um, if we during the race fight uh, or say bad words, it's not good for them. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Well, you know, I ain't going to let you out of this without talking about the infamous qualifier at DNC this year with Ryan Mayfield and the throat punch. And I watched that. Yeah. And um, we was talking about it. Uh, you know, we know Mayfield needed a, a good run because he would have yeah. been in the B-man and you was trying to get TQ from Seth. Uh, yeah. You, I, you didn't touch him, that whole qualifier. No. But and I th- uh, if I want to touch him, I can eat him uh, like ten or eleven times during that uh, those three laps. Mm-hmm. But I know uh, if I touch him, problems. Uh, I will start a chaos. Yeah. <laughs> so I tried to overtake him without <laughs> touching him, but uh, doesn't happen. Didn't happen, and uh, I made a mistake. And uh, on the restroom, I, I shout uh, Ryan. And uh, also, and, and after he, doing the interview, said uh, that um, he wouldn't throw a punch on me. Really? And I think uh, it's not, yeah, you can, you can be angry with me. And uh, you can tell me that word in private, but not during the interview Mm -hmm. because everyone can see the interview also children and uh, maybe uh, a children can think okay so if ryan can say and do stuff like this uh, also me i can do like uh, stuff like this did you talk to him afterwards did you talk to him later uh, on that race we didn't talk about this uh, I just uh, say congrats after the tragic final, and uh, during the morning on Saturday, on Sunday, uh, we said uh, ciao ciao. How are you? Mm-hmm. But nothing more. I, you know, I like Mayfield too. He uh, he's very yeah. un- he's he's another one that he wears his heart on his sleeve and he tells you how it is. And I love his driving style. I love his aggressiveness. I thought that yeah, was. It, it, I think for me is one of the best, and not only for me. I think for all the people is one of the best uh, driver in the world. Oh yes, most definitely. Um, and it's not for everyone who want to watch two world two world championship in six days uh, with the one ten. No, exactly. I think I think in China. Yeah. Um, I think. Like, you know, he had to get that. He was nervous. And sometimes we just, he's, you know, he, sometimes things come out. I know, you know, a lot of people laughed. Yes, but we try not to promote, promote violence at all at our our races and stuff. Uh, It's a, I get it, man. Heat of the moment. Um, I talked to him afterwards. I talked to you afterwards. He was a lot of angry in that moment. But I think after, uh, I, he understand and I understand what happened. Mm-hmm. And 
this is way so sometimes can happen. Also in the MotoGP or Formula One or Supercross, they fight. But after, we are all friends. That's good. That's good. I think we as fans of yeah. you guys, we like that. Like, and <clears throat> it's one of the reasons I like uh, Mayfield because he'll tell you how it is too. And um, if, you, if you mess him up, he'll let you know. He shares emotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like that you, you know, you are, you do some great, you do amazing stuff with your cars and you race so hard and you, and you, you do, I, I just, I still want you to slow it down a little bit. Cause I think you, you'd win so much more if you did. And I'm sure you heard that and you'll learn that as you get older because you're still young, yeah. um, but you're incredibly talented. Um, I love your attitude. Like yeah, everything's okay. Like these guys shout and scream at you and you just, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I just, like I just see you with the shades on, and just like oh, okay, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because I can I can understand them sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think it's normal. Yeah, emotions, man. I think the, the yeah, I think the only thing is not correct is to say during the interview mm -hmm. that things, but I think it's normal. Sure, I get that. I get that. We all get emotional. Maybe come up to you and say, "Hey, you shouldn't have done that." Or whatever, yeah. but you didn't. I, I don't think you really. <clears throat> yeah, you was driving. You was trying to. Yeah, I mean, it, you was trying to get yeah, TQ. It, it's not correct for the people that watch and follow us during the race. I agree, but they like it too. A little bit of action, but I'm glad that didn't happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Me and my buddy, we made this joke. We was like, "What if? What if Mayfield went <laughs> down there to punch, to punch Rufalo, and he ended up being some black belt yeah, in jujitsu?" Also, the other race guys from USA. Yeah, and then like, what if you like? We don't know you like that. What if you're like some black belt in jujitsu, and next thing you know, you, you guys are rolling around on your rostrum, like, oh man, that would that would have been funny, but it wouldn't have been good. But um, I'm glad it didn't uh, boil over, and I I think you guys still had the respect of of each other <clears throat> yeah. as racers. And, yeah, for uh, sure. I had one of my buddies ask me this. He said, when you talk to Barufalo, ask him this. He wants to know, he says, Barufalo throws a lot of whips when he drives. Is this yeah. just because you like to throw whips or is, or is it intentional because you're doing it to set up for a corner or something? Uh, I started to make uh, whips when I saw Bloomfield that come in Italy for the BT contest. Mm -hmm. And uh, I started to, to make it just because... Um, I like how the car fly. It's like in Supercross, they move the, the 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 bike just because they are faster on the jump. But mm -hmm. uh, now I think it's good to make whip, whip, uh, whips with the car because you can move the car for the next corner, mm -hmm. and you can you can gain some some second. I think, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, you position the car properly for the corner. Yeah. And um, yeah. Yeah. RC driving is evolving too. And yeah. uh, I, I'm. Because, like, for example, like uh, four years ago, if you made uh, four or five uh, crash during the final, mm -hmm. it's okay. You can still win the race. But now, when Ungaro um, start to, to be so fast, also, one mistake during the final could be because the the win. You can lose the race just with one crash. 
That's true. And I think people don't realize how even more perfect you guys are getting with downgrading, you know, and being getting on the throttle more as soon as you're in as soon as your wheels are touching the ground, compressing your suspension. It's it's so I mean, like back in my day, I always say this. If you could turn your wheels left or right back in my day, you know, that was something special. I know, I know. But now I have, the, you, I have my dad's car in the garage. And wow. they are really, really ugly. I know, but just the driving <laughs> style is it's yeah. it's so in, insane now and so fast. And it's yeah, it's so many little inputs that you guys are doing that we like I can hear it and I can see it when you guys drive, but it's no way I could ever copy that. Like, you know. And yeah, from the outside it's easy. Mm-hmm. But when you go on the restroom, it's totally different. Of course, of course. Because uh, on February, I was alone in in my home truck, and come my friend and say, "Oh, come on, uh, can I test your car? It's easy." Okay, I said, "Okay, okay, go." And uh, in my home truck, the my personal best was thirty point four, and uh, he after five minutes he completed the first lap. Yeah, it's not easy at all. Not no. at all. Good stuff. Um, let's talk about future of RC, but I want to talk, I want to ask you about Italy right now. Now, Italy is producing a lot of young, fast, eight-scale drivers, mostly eight-scale. I mean, coming behind... Yeah, eight-scale because 110, there isn't any race. Yeah. It's, it's dead. Yeah. On, you know, uh, I mean, on this podcast, Nitro is the glory. So, but I do like, yeah. I do like 10 scale, but you have, okay, Zankatine is kind of, I don't know, is you think he's going to race next year full time? I don't know. I, I yeah. think yes. Okay. I hope he does. Because uh, we talk uh, a lot mm-hmm. and uh, he said to me that he's testing a lot with the TLR and I don't know. I think he will continue to race, but. I don't know. The life is strange sometimes. It is. But you have yourself, Angaro, Barton. That's the three main guys I know. But I know coming up behind you guys, you have Ravaglia. Yeah, yeah, uh, but for me, uh, the best one is Polito. Yeah, he's good. He's he's so fast. Mm -hmm. And uh, during the final, he's clean. uh, Didn't make any mistakes. And it's really fast at the moment. I think from uh, uh, after me, Davide, and then the Ricky is mm-hmm. the faster one. Yeah, but I mean, you have a, a bunch coming up. You have Leo, Valente, he's good too. Yeah, yeah, he's good. Um, he made the TQ on my track last week. Oh, yeah, see? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he beat me in the qualifying. What, why is Italy producing all these fast, young eight scale races right now. Why do you think the reason for that is? Um, I don't know. I think uh, we are all uh, the son uh, of people that drive in the past. Mm-hmm. So they know what to do on the car, the technique and everything else. And also because uh, everyone are near to someone like me and Ricky with us doing the week uh, together. Mm-hmm. And so we can improve uh, the setup uh, and the driving style every day. 
And it's like Polito and Ravaglia and Dongaro test together. Also Zanchettin testing with someone. Mm -hmm. So it's like uh, race day every day when we go to the track. Got you. I get it. And I think in America, America is really big. So to race uh, all together, it's really expensive, I think. Mm -hmm. And because they, they made race all together only in the big race. Yes. And while in Italy, we race together only in the club race. Yes, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I think it's for this reason. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty impressive. I mean, out of all of Europe, you guys are just right now producing just, I don't see any, I mean, yes, there's other fast young guys. Obviously, we have Canas, who's super fast, getting faster. Yeah. Every day. But uh, also in Spain, there are two little brothers. The surname is Pariente. And they are really, really fast. They re- because I remember last year mm-hmm. at the Euro B, after the final, me and Robert and Joao start to test on the track. And uh, there are these little boys that, uh, that test with, uh, with us and was faster than us. <laughs> Are they, do they run S-Works? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. Daniel Pariente. Yeah, I don't know their names, but that's good to no, see. They are, they are really fast. That's good to see. Well, Spain is known to produce, well, you can race all year on in Spain too. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's impressive to see. It's super impressive to see. It's like yeah. in, in America, the Midwest is producing a lot of fast 10 scale and eight scale racers. But I think it's this, one of the same reasons is that they all get to race against each other as well. Yeah. Steadily. And I, I think, uh, in Italy, it's, uh, more difficult to produce young, fast racer mm-hmm. because, because, uh, there are, there aren't a lot of people that do RC. Yes. Why in America, there are a lot of people made it. But Italy has been, uh, you know, so deep into RC for forever, you know. Engine yeah, companies. but now the situation is yes. it's dark, I think, because there are very less people than before. Mm-hmm. And also last year at the Italian Nuts, in the last round, we were in 34. Yeah. It's, 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 it's economy too. You know, it's not cheap. Yeah. So. And also the people prefer to to do the big race like uh, Padova or BT Contest because uh, during this race come also uh, top drivers from the outside of Italy like Robert, uh, Renault, uh, the Kilic brothers. Yep. The Kilic brothers, another impressive young group uh, yeah. brother brothers that they're coming up i mean they're they're really fast and um yeah for the first 20 minutes i fight with berkan mm-hmm. during the race in padova in january and was really fast yeah they're impressive There's, europe has a lot of young period yeah young fast talent coming up and it's yeah. it it you know it gets me excited because in the, U, in the usa they still they do too but i hope to see all these guys racing against each other at some point so I like to see the Kiletsits get over to America for a race as well. Be good for him. Be good for him. But I think 
uh, they didn't fly oh. with the plane. Okay. I don't know why, but I know that every race uh, their dad moved with the, the van. Okay. All right, but uh, well, in Europe you can do that. <laughs> yeah. In America you can yeah, do that for too. Example, but... Yeah, uh, for example, in two weeks uh, I will go to Poland for the XRS camp mm-hmm. and uh, I will go with the car. It's like 14 hours of car. Yeah. But What's in I Poland? Car. What race is in Poland? Uh, it's XRS uh, camp from uh, the guy that uh, sell X3 mm-hmm. in okay. Poland. And uh, he organized this event um, where I am the, like, uh, instructor. That I, oh, uh, a camp. A camp. I, okay. Yeah. I will teach to the drivers how to set the car, mm-hmm. how to drive stuff like to, that. to drive to test uh, how it, um how would change on my car during the race uh, and uh, there will be also orlowski mm-hmm. good stuff orlowski's getting into eight scale now too yeah that's good to see good to see i think i i think yes i don't know if he will make he will do some big race mm-hmm. in europe but we will see He's in, in school too. I was talking to him the other day, and uh, yeah, yeah. I think he's once he gets school. done in, with school, he's gonna, you know, and smart. We focus on school, and then RC can come after that. So, yeah, I understand yeah. that. So, Marco, you participated in two rounds of the RCGP series for Beach RC, Austria, and yeah. Italy. How did you like that? I don't know because I fight with the. Uh, a lot of people doing this race because the qualifier are um, just like crazy things mm-hmm. because when you uh, when you if you win a round you will start last in the next round yes so during the course maybe you can uh, find out a, a driver in front of you that is lower two seconds than you mm-hmm. and uh, you don't have time to wait for overtake. And not only me, but a lot of people fight during this day, mm-hmm. this race. So it's not only my fault during that race. Yeah, I remember Joseph um, Canas and, <laughs> and, and Valente also. And, and Valente and Joseph 50-50. Yeah. But I mean, the whole concept, a World Series to crown a world champion. How do you, What do you think about that? I think it's good because it's, uh, it was a good idea, mm-hmm. but also it was too expensive. Okay. Because uh, for a company, uh, the company has to pay the entries for the driver, uh, has to pay the flight for the mechanic and driver uh, for two, because the company has two drivers and two mechanics. And I think uh, at the end, <coughs> sorry, at the end of the, the the championship, it was too expensive. But I think it was a good idea. Mm-hmm. But we have to make something to promote the RC mm-hmm. because uh, if you talk with someone that doesn't know RC, um, everything, everyone thinks that uh, is a joke, like yes. a toy car. I agree. 
Uh, and I think, uh, like in Italy, uh, I remember when I was young, like five or six years uh, old. Uh, we did uh, in my uh, in my city a race in the parking of the church, and uh, there were a lot of people to mm-hmm. see the the race. And uh, the day after, uh, maybe three or four people come to the shop to buy the car. That's good. That's what we need so more we of have, that. Yeah, we need to uh, promote. To promote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think uh, for me, uh, we have to do something like the motocross uh, during, uh, like outside of the supermarket. Mm-hmm. I think we have to organize something, uh, like a race uh, or a demonstration with the jumps, something, a yeah. little track, just uh, to, uh, so the people, the other people can see the, the RC. Yeah, I agree with you. <clears throat> I mean, I think we have to do everything. Uh, yeah. Like what RCGP is doing, exactly what you said, but on a different level. They're trying to get it online, stuff like that, out to millions of people. But we have to continue to do, like you said, in the square or here, or yeah. like really would be great alongside of a, a full-scale motocross event. or yeah. a, I um, think also in the school. Mm-hmm. In the schools maybe. too. Because M- maybe good. not with the 1.8 scale, mm-hmm. but with the 114 or 110, yes. make uh, our, um, a little track on the gym. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the children can see the, the, the RC world. Yes. But I think also one of the problem in Italy is that uh, it's too expensive. It's, it's not just Italy. It's it's everywhere. It's ex- it, it's really expen- it's really ex- expensive. Yes. So for a family, mm-hmm. it's not easy to buy everything and to make race uh, in uh, in Italy or around the world. Yeah, that's why I think we need to also hit like the crowd of people that are into full-scale motorsports because they usually have disposable income for other yeah. things. So, but yeah. everybody, everybody, we have to do it. The more people that know what we do, the better it is. Um, yeah, I think, yes. So, and uh, I always, when somebody says, oh, it's toy cars, I say, no, it's scale motorsports. <laughs> uh, it's got, not toy cars. Yeah, I got that from Nick Damon, scale motorsports. So, we all have yeah, the same o- o- goal. Also, my my friends think uh, they they told before that um, my job was like to drive toy car, <laughs> but uh, when they come to my house, uh, they see my garage, mm-hmm. and they went to my home truck. I think they understand something that is not like a toy. Yeah. Do do you have a uh, like? Outside of RC, because it takes up a lot of your time, do you have yes. a real, like, a For, personal life, real life? I mean, you're a good-looking dude. I always call you, like, the playboy of, yeah, of RC. It's, diffi- it's difficult, but yes, I have my four or five friends that, in this period, we go out uh, all the evening, mm-hmm. but we stay at the bar, we drink something mm-hmm. and nothing else. But... Okay. Now they understand what, what I do. Oh, because so, 
uh, yeah, before I lost a lot of people mm-hmm. because I was uh, every time around the world. But now, fortunately, uh, they understand everything. So if I need them, they are for me and also the opposite. Yeah. When I was 22 years old, I was getting in all types of trouble. So, um, yeah, you're doing pretty good. <clears throat> yeah. What about some of your your goals, Marco? What's, what's, what's your goals as a pro RC driver? What does Marco, madman Marco Barufalo want? What does you see? What do you see yourself doing in the next few years? It's a difficult question, and I I want that during this year uh, to change how people think about me when I race, and I know it's difficult, but uh, I'm trying to improve to be quiet during the final, also with my driving style. And, uh, yeah, I want to win every race, like everyone. And But if uh, I will not win, uh, I will do my best that I can. So, so, for, so for example, if I race, I, I will finish five, but I know that uh, um, I did the uh, 100% that I can. I will be happy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know after the RC what I want to do. Oh, you still got a lot I'm, of time left. You're only 22. Yeah, yeah. But, but what are some of your goals in RC? European champion, world champion, yeah. short-term I, goals? I want, to, I want to do like Bruno in the touring car. Oh, you like touring it, car? No, no, no. I mean, I want to do like Bruno in the touring car. Okay. Um, that he won every race. Okay. The European Championship, the biggest race in the world he won. Mm-hmm. So I want to do like him. But I think everyone, they will, uh, they will say the same answer like me. Yes. I think. Because everyone are here to win the race. Exactly. But only one person can. Do you, yeah, I know. Do you dabble in any eight scale on road? Because I know Nicola come from that world and that's his passion. Do you ever get to do any of that? At the moment, no. I did some race with the touring car in the in the winter season, but yeah, it's cool, but it's not like the 18. Yeah. Also the, the the 110 off-road. Last year I made the final at the World Championship at the UD Arena in the 4 hoodie. Yeah, I I was happy, but I prefer to make that result uh, in the eight scale. Yes, because nitro is the glory, dude. Yeah. Do you see yourself racing <laughs> more ten scale off road uh, next year? Uh, in Italy, there aren't eight, uh, yeah. ten scale race. Okay. Because it's dead. Mm-hmm. Also, last year at the European Championship that was in Italy. Uh, there are um, there were only four Italian drivers, hmm. and there were me, Davide, Alex, and Ricky, and no one more. Insane, insane. It's, it's like it's like in Italy, one uh, the ten scale. It's like more toy than uh, the eight scale. 
I wonder why. Why is that? It's popular everywhere else in Europe. I, I don't know. I think the people think. Uh, uh, yeah, if you like, if you did, uh, if you do the the eights, uh, the test scale like uh, an amateur, mm-hmm. not like a pro. I think uh, it's cheapest than uh, the eight scale. Yes, but uh, if you do the eight scale words and the ten scale words, I think the ten scale it's more expensive. Really? Be- yeah. And I, I saw last year at the why do you think, arena. Why do you think it's more expensive? Be- because uh, if you want to do perfectly, uh, every time you have to glue a new set of tires. That's true. That's true. <clears throat> and, they are, uh, and they are expensive. They are not cheap. Yeah, they're, they're, they're so, they're handled. I'm not handled. They're... Yeah, and in, in the car, they are little. So they... Uh, they have to be perfectly perfect every round. Yeah. So uh, lots of work. Every round uh, we we refuel the shocks, and uh, every every night we rebuild all the track. Uh, we change the O-rings of the shocks, uh, but everyone do did things like this because the car has to be the one hundred ten percent every time. Yeah, that makes sense. If X-ray started sending you out to do more 10-scale uh, racing, would you do it? Yeah, okay. I will do it. I think uh, because I think the 10-scale, it's good for improve the five minutes of the calls. Because with the 10-scale, you have to be at 100% uh, for five minutes. Yes. You can do mistakes. That makes sense. Makes and with sense. the 8-scale... If you made mistakes, uh, you have time to 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 yes uh, <laughs> um, to make up, I don't know to make up time like uh, yeah in the longer yeah. races you can you know like 30, 45 minutes you have more times and more people have yeah I know that's why I like nitro racing because it's just you don't know who's it anybody can win at the end so. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Well, good, man. I hope X-Ray does send you out and you do some more 10-scale racing. I think it'd be good for you. And uh, I I hope so because I, I like it. Only the 4-Wood I like it because <laughs> the 2-Wood on dirt with my driving style, it's terrible. <laughs> it's it's really difficult for me. You could do the, uh, the Euro Off-Road Series, the uh, EOS races on carpet. That's better. Lots of grip there. I, I think so. Yeah. Good stuff, but I man. don't know. I have to talk with the X-Ray. Yeah, tell Hootie. Let's go. Tell Hootie. Let's yeah, go. <laughs> yeah, but uh, at the moment, uh, they have the team for the 110 because they have Bruno, Martin, Kobevic, that is young, but he's super fast. Yes. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. I need to get Uri on this podcast. I need to contact him somehow and say, hey, <laughs> You should come on this podcast. But hey, Marco, we have this yeah. part of the podcast, which is called the 10 questions in 10 seconds segment. So I don't send these questions to you, but they're not all about RC and you just have to answer them as fast as possible. Uh, so are you ready for the 10 question, 10 second segment? Yeah, all right. I, I, I hope so. 
Yeah, they're pretty easy questions. Number one, what is your favorite Italian food? Pizza. Really? Like? Yeah. Okay. Well, I can't argue with you there because I like pizza too. Number two, <laughs> what is the best track you have raced on? I think the best track in Italy was Barco. Now they close, but it's the best one for me. Okay. Are they closed indefinitely? Yeah. Oh wow. Because the um, uh, one guy became will will become father, and the other two guys change uh, the work. Okay. Unfortunate. Okay. Yeah. Number three, you've traveled to America for DNC a few times now. When you come to the USA, what is the first food you like to eat? Unfortunately, I travel with Nicole every time. So five guys. And, uh, yeah, every time five guys. I've every never time. And I, eaten there yet. I, I, I ate it. I don't like it. What do you like in America? What, what food do you like? Uh, um, food like um, Subway. You like Subway? Yeah, and Starbucks. Yeah, I've, I like Starbucks too. Subway is good too. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and this and uh, this year we went to Italian restaurant in Los Angeles, mm -hmm. and it was so good. Really? Yeah, awesome. it's great. Number four: If you was not racing RC cars, what would you be racing? A uh, good question. I think something about the cars, real cars. Yeah. Yeah, like mechanic on the real car. Okay. I think. Number. Five, I don't know. Do you like football? If you like football, who's your favorite? No, team? no, no football. I don't like football. No, I just watch the the world championship. Okay, but I don't like it. All right. Number six, what's your favorite Italian beer or alcoholic drink? Ah, uh, gin tonic. That's not Italian. Hey, I don't know which. Italian alcoholic. I like Peronis. Yeah. Okay, what's yeah, a... Yeah, it's good. What's a good Italian drink, like a, a local national alcoholic drink? I, I I don't know because I don't like... I don't drink so much. Mm -hmm. Just when I go outside on Friday evening or Saturday evening, I just drink one gin tonic because after I, I have to drive. Okay, makes sense. Number seven, who is your biggest rival in RC? I think Davide. Yeah. I, because we grow up together. And uh, before I was faster than him, and now he's faster than me. I, so heard, I, I heard Davide's got a girlfriend now. I see he's not wearing hats anymore. I see his hair's all out. So maybe you're going to be faster than him soon because you know how girlfriends ruin RC clothes. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. We will see. You need to get him on this podcast too. Yeah. Okay, what's your, number eight, what is your favorite full form of full-scale racing? What is my favorite? Like full, like real racing. Like F1, MotoGP, Motocross. Uh, okay, okay, I understand. Um, Supercross. Who's your rider? And Formula Ken Roxon. Okay. And what was you gonna say? 
Formula One also. But now it's to see it's buried sometimes. Mm-hmm. I prefer race like uh, where there was Senna, Prost. Yes, old school. Yeah. And yeah. also the car were, were better to look, mm-hmm. but less safety. Yeah. I, uh, Senna's biography is really good. Amazing man. Amazing man. Yeah. Number nine. Do you have any hobbies outside of RC? Mm, no. Nothing. 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 Uh, yeah, I just uh, help my mom and my grandmother in the garden with the flower oh. and everything else. I'm sure. Yeah? I thought you would have said gaming. <laughs> or, no, no. You know, no, no. something like that. Okay, and number no, 10. No. What is the fa- your favorite country that you have visited so far? Uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, I. You know what? I really like California, dude. Um, yeah, I, this year we went to. Uh, we stay in Hollywood. We went to Malibu. Yeah, it's it's insane. Yeah, I haven't made it to those nice fancy spots yet, but um, I love California. I love going to California for races. But, yeah, but I don't know if I will go to Los Angeles to live. Because I think it's different to see the city for 10 days mm-hmm. and uh, to live there. Well, I think it's different. Yeah, it's super expensive and you have to deal with the traffic every day. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Crazy. Crazy, Yeah, crazy. because we went to an uh, Italian restaurant. We ordered a pizza. And uh, the same pizza in Italy cost uh, 5 euros. <laughs> and there cost uh, 25 euros. The same pizza. Yeah, I bet. I bet. I bet. That is Los Angeles, dude. Well, where, I'm, where yeah. I come from, Bermuda, is even more expensive. Imagine that. Cool. Yeah. Well, Marco, uh, it was a great chat. Thank you for coming on and um, taking time out. Your English is really good. I didn't have to speak very slow at all. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I, I hope this gives a better insight to the, the man behind the radio that is Madman Marco Barufalo. I like how you drive. Um, I like. I will do style. a stickers. I will yeah. do a stickers there for the go. body shot with Mad Max man. No, Madman, Madman, Marco Brufo. Mad, like Madman, Mad Marco. Yeah, see, look, got you a nickname. Um, like the film. There was a film. But that's Mad Max. Or you can say Mad I Max. Madman. Mad is like man. It's like hombre. Man, man. Yeah, yeah, I understand. But I think there is a driver. For the touring car that uh, is called Mad Max. Yeah, well, you are Mad Max. From uh, Awesomatics. I don't remember the name, but it's really fast also. Good stuff. Um, would you like to say thank you or shout out to some of your sponsors or people that have helped you along the way before we, uh, we sign out here? Yeah, I will thank you all the people that support me. Uh, for first my family that believe in me, support me and sacrifice a lot for me and for this job now and uh, I will be, I will say big thanks to Nicola Marrone because uh, it's like my big brother I can talk with him uh, uh, for, any, uh, for everything and uh, for sure a big thanks to my sponsor that support me during the race and during my life Yeah, man. Did you talk to Nicolo before you came on this podcast? Yeah. I'm sure you did. I like Nicolo. I like <laughs> I him said, a lot. I, I said, Nicola, I have today uh, to do the 
the podcast, but I'm shy. And he no. said me, fuck off, say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I like Nicolo, man. And you did a really good job, man. And I thank look you, forward. Thank you. Good luck in your, uh, your camp coming up. And you said you're going to France in, in, in August for a race. Yeah. So good luck to in with that. And uh, hopefully I'll see you at DNC next year. And uh, we can have... Uh, I hope so. Maybe we'll have a Modelo or something together, but after you finish racing. And... Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, man, just keep being you. Back it down 5%. And... Yeah. Um, I will try. And I will you, try. You, the results are going to come, man. You're so, you're so fast. You're so naturally talented. Um, Thank you. I, I, I love watching you. I love watching you drive, man. You do some amazing things with cars. And uh, it, it, it really takes uh, talent and, and to do that. So keep it up. And I think we're going to see you on the podiums a lot more coming up in the next couple of years. So thank you for your time and ciao. Thank you for inviting me. Ciao, ciao. So we officially have a sponsor for the story time segment. We got to come up with a better name than story time, though, Joseph. Um, like we're kids going to bed here. But finally, we can tell stories on the podcast, and I don't have to hear you piss and moan about not having a sponsor for it. So, with that being said, this part of the podcast is brought to you by Rob's Oil. Hey, Beaker, do you know how we keep the janky JQ van going? We changed Frequent the oil changes. Yeah, every 10,000 miles or so. 5,000. Yeah, well, some, it's, been, it's going a little longer than that at some times. Multiple so trips. That's why it's wearing out. Oh god. Okay, now it's my fault. Multiple yeah, trips. It is actually. Oh god. See, look. There's where we go. Already blaming me for everything. But seriously, we do change oil quite regularly, and it's made multiple trips across America. I've done seven, and like you know, back and forth seven times across America, and it's got about three hundred and eighty thousand miles on it. Yes, you blame me for busting out the seat and all that type of stuff and and whatnot. But hey, you know, hey, what it is, what it is. The janky JQ van is doing really good and it's still going strong. So you know what, though, Joseph? I'm sure an oil change is coming up soon. And now you can do that. You can order all your Amsoil oils and filters and get it sent to whoever's got it. I think you can send it to Greg's house or you can send it to Anthony Westergaard because he's got it now, right? So you can order your oil. And your filters. And you know what? Because Anthony is keeping your van in such great condition in his garage, you should send him some oil for his motocross bikes too because you can order that as well. So you can go to Rob's Oil and order all of your AMS Oil products that you need and have them sent wherever you want in North America. It's really cool. So you don't have to go to the shop. You just order it and send it to him. So let's talk a little bit about AMS Oil because this is all AMS Oil products. Amsoil makes top quality synthetic, synthetic lubricants for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, four-wheeler, snowmobile, lawnmower, and anything else with an engine. I know my buddy was telling me he used to use the Amsoil two-stroke mix oil for his RC helicopters. He used to use gas engines, so I guess the fifth-scale guys can use this as well. Amsoil lubricants are designed to help your equipment run at peak efficiency and last longer. Join the millions of proud Amsoil off users to experience the difference. The products are formulated and blended packaged in the USA. So why Rob's oiled? Because Rob is an RC dude. It's a father and son race team. He loves the podcast. This is his 
real work, what he does for a living. So you can go to www.robzoil.com, place your order for your oil and get it sent to you. Showing Rob some love shows the podcast some love. And this is our second out of the industry podcast sponsor. And he is bringing you the story time segment. So thanks, Rob. Everybody go to www.robzoil.com and place your order for your um, Zoil products. That's pretty cool, eh, Joseph? So before you go to America, you can pre-order your oil and then you can get your um, get Anthony to change the oil on your car, on your van. But I know what Anthony would tell you. He said you can do it yourself. So anyway, Joseph, story time. You got to come up with a good name for this segment, though. I don't know. Bedtime stories with JQ and, and Lefty. There we go. Bedtime stories with JQ and Lefty. RC tales. Gypsy traveling. Gypsy. I don't know. Maybe we need to put this out to the public. What should we call this, uh, this segment? I'm going to call it Tales from Gypsy. Ah. The unicorn gypsy segment. There we go. Are you even listening? Are you around? Hello? Oh, shit. I actually had some smart comments that I made, but I was muted. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. I had some funny jokes there. No one will know now. You're such such a waste of time, you are. Such a waste of time. Anyway, so this week we're going to talk about uh, my first trip to DNC, my first trip coming out to California. It's actually a multi-part story, but this is the we're, we're trying to break these down and not be so long. But um, my first trip meeting you in California definitely was an experience that I'll never forget. We recently just came off the South American tour, which was perfectly planned by myself. No hiccups whatsoever. You know, right down to us leaving the last day. Perfectly planned. Three week, almost a month long tour. Perfectly planned. First time ever doing this. So I'm kind of expecting the same thing from you. Boy, was I wrong. So wrong. So Mike Hill, first time getting out to California. We had convinced him to go. Um, He got out a day before me. And as usual, I always seem to be flying on Valentine's Day. I don't know why I'm always flying on Valentine's Day. But uh, so I'm, I'm flying blind here. I'm, I'm, you know, my normal trip, I leave her at 2.30 in the morning, go to the airport, fly. I think I flew to New York. Then I flew to Los Angeles. So I get in Los Angeles. I'm, I'm renting a car for the whole time that we're going to be out there. Uh, you know, just... I had everything planned in my mind, but I hadn't planned for you. So my thing was like, hey, Joseph, uh, can you meet me at the airport? No. Like, what? Use a, use a map. Come to J. Smokers. When, when was this? When When is this story from? The, the 2018, February 2018. Never been to California. Okay. No, I've been to California once before. Never driven in California. It's been many years since I've been there, and you just leave me like a lamb to the wolves to deal with for California traffic. Don't want to meet me at the airport. In fact, you made Mike Hill catch a damn shuttle from the airport, which took three hours to get there. Right. That's what I always do too. I know, but we're not you. We're, we're you know, we're not, we're not been in there. So Mike was telling me about his, his journey to meet you. Um, and then as soon as you got there, you guys went, he was like, I have to work. And then he had to just sit there. Like he didn't know anybody. 
And then he was like, I think I made a mistake. Anyway, I remember he said that to me. So I get there. I, you don't want to come pick me up, right? I, I don't have a SIM card. You went and bought me a SIM card. But I have, you know, I wanted to use that as Google Maps to get home. So, you you know, no way to get the SIM card. No way to, I don't know where I'm going in California, dude. Like, you, you like, use use maps. Like, so I'm going off um, what I screenshot off Google, Google, uh, Google Maps to get to Smoker's house. So first I land, everything's smooth. I go to... I rent a car from Hertz, I think. So I go to the main Hertz thing, catch a shuttle, go there. Oh, no, you didn't rent this from us. You rent this from another little spot in a hotel. So I have to, one of the guys from Hertz drives me there. We're cool. We're listening to the new, um, at this time, Black Panther's just out. So we're listening to, um, oh, what's his name? Oh, I can't remember his name. But he's singing a good song. I'm like, ah, that's fire. And he was just talking about that. So I go to this little hotel to rent this car and some little cubicle that takes forever forever in a day um i finally got out and i get the car so i have no idea where i'm going so i just say to a guy like hey where's the nearest best buy or walmart and he goes ah you just go out here and make a left and go down there my plan is i'm gonna go out and buy a gps right away so i can get around because i don't know where i'm going i don't know how to get the smoker sauce so go to best buy this is when I realized how expensive California is. So it's like $99 for the GPS. Like, oh, that's not bad. Turns out to be almost $130 with taxes. It's like, Jesus. There goes part of the budget already on a, on a GPS. And Joseph could have saved me all this trouble by just coming to meet me at the airport, bringing me my chip, helping me get to Smoker's house. No, because Joseph, I'm busy. I'm working. I'm working. So I get this, this uh, GPS. I'm fumbling around with it, you know, I'm just nervous as can be, driving, like, I kind of think I finally get it, how to set it to Smoker's house, and, oh, it takes hours to get there, oh my gosh, you know, I'm dealing with traffic in, in Los Angeles, and I'm, it's like 5 o'clock, 5.36, so, you know, it's just busy, 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 I have no idea what I'm doing here. Now, remember this. I've only driven in America once before this. I am cursing you out so bad. I'm like, that mother, he couldn't come pick me up. I'm so angry at you. I said, I wouldn't do this to him. I wouldn't leave him in Santa Domingo and and make him find his own way up to me. I would never do this to him. I'm going to kill Joseph. So anyway, I finally make it to Santa Ana or smoker lives cannot find the house I, i'm new to reading this gps i don't know how it's supposed to work i'm just flying blind here i'm hungry so i stop at a mcdonald's because they got free internet so i can contact you you're at the track or on your way back from the track this is like eight o'clock i you know this i get there like eight something man i'm just driving around neighborhoods like it says like because i didn't know what smoker's house looked like you know what i mean I'm looking for the van at least. Can't see the van because you ain't there. So I'm driving around the neighborhood. I don't know where Smoker lives. I don't know how to read the house numbers. I'm new to all this stuff. I'm an idiot. So finally, after I get some McDonald's, you're like, oh, we're almost at Smoker's house. Come now. I finally meet up with you and Mike. Finally. 
it's been a long day and I F you off for not coming to pick me up. So irresponsible of you. But I totally understand You're why. You're an adult. No, but I, I understand why. Because now that I've been to California multiple times and understand how traffic works and how you have to time it, it's just extremely hard. And, L, and getting to LAX and out, it's, it's, it's an ordeal. It's not far away, but it takes hours. But, hmm, some certain person that I'm talking to the other side of the mic made sure that I came to come pick him up from the airport when we went to RCGP. Uh, yeah, because you have the van. Mm-hmm. Why or, couldn't yeah. you? Mm-hmm. Of course. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we get to Smoker's house. I don't know Smoker. I just heard about him. Mike's there. Mike's like, I'm so happy you're here, Keenan. I thought I had made a big mistake coming out here. And we go to, you know, we end up, it was Valentine's Day, so we go to Hooters that night. And, um, yeah, you got free. Did you get free wings because you're single or something like that? And just kind of broke the ice, had some beers. Um, Mike effed you off, too, for, for making him catch a shuttle. And, yeah, we kind of broke the ice. And then we didn't know what to expect at Smokers. So, you know, Mike and I, I, I think I, what did I sleep on? Did I sleep on the floor? I think I slept on the floor. I slept on the floor. No. No, 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 no. Smoker had a mattress up there. Mike slept on the floor. I slept in the mattress. Oh, it was so great to sleep up there. We didn't know who's, you know, you had it to Smoker's house. You know how Smoker is ridiculous. Then, yeah, just crazy first day of traveling to DNC. Not, and just like, I'm like thinking like, yeah, Joseph's going to have everything all set up. Just like I did for the South America tour. You had shit. You didn't have nothing set up. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. What do I need to set up? Just like, just, ah, uh, this, I learned so much about you. I wanted to kill you. This is like, I, I came close to killing you so many times on this trip. It's impossible. Like, uh, like you needed me in South America because you needed to translate. So you was extra nice to me. But when you're in America, you are such a dickhead. So anyway, the next day, I think Max and Giannis were coming in the next day. So I wanted to go see Thunder Alley. I was insistent. Like, I'm still oblivious to how much time it takes to get back and forth to these two destinations in California. So I drive from Smoker's House to, to Thunder Alley. You're like, yeah, you should probably just wait her and go pick them up. You know, it's a long drive. I'm like, no, it's only, it's only 90 miles from, south, from Thunder Alley to to the airport and back. Oh my God. It took me, I went to Thunder Alley, spent 20 minutes there. I just had to see it. I hadn't seen it. I think Gord and Drake and all that guys there and just, you know, the, that word feeling. Pull up in the JQ van. I pull up there. You guys are practicing. Leave you and Mike. Like, okay, now it's time to go pick up Max and Jonas. Oh my gosh. I got lost so many times on the way to pick them up. Finally get there. I'm driving around the airport. The airport's so busy. What about LAX peak time? And I'm just like driving around till I find Max and Giannis. And they finally show up, put them in the car. And then I got lost 20,000 times on the way coming back. So basically it took me almost seven hours to go down, pick them up and come back to Thunder Alley. Dude, I was well, so... That's all on you because you... Yes, that was. That took was. so many wrong turns and you're just... Not very good at driving over there. 
well, I've learned a lot now. I, I actually have, I'm much better. I, um, I can drive around California, no problem now. But wow, what an ordeal, man. What a, what a shitty first two days in California. But hark, we do not stop there. We do not stop there. I think we, um, the next day, you and I went to the, we went to Nick's house, did a stock taking there. And um, then the plan was to go to, so we couldn't stay at Smoker's house anymore, right? Because Max and Jonas were staying there. There wasn't any room. So this is when I got introduced to the whole gypsy style. We stay at the cheapest hotels we can find every night with JQ Racing. So you was in charge of finding hotels. You would always leave it to the last minute. I didn't know what I was doing. You was like, find a hotel. I didn't, wasn't using Expedia and hotels.com and all this stuff in this time. No, you just wanted to be a dickhead and, and just be in control of everything. But mind you, was paying for it because you had to pay for my, my living quarters. So then we started bouncing around to hotel to hotel around Santa Ana every night, finding the cheapest hotel. We got a little bit of reprieve when we went out to, um, I think that weekend we went to Santa Barbara. We went out on a Friday uh, stayed Friday night, Saturday, Saturday night, and then um, we came home. Sun, we stayed. We went practice Sunday, so we got some cheap little Motel Six, about half an hour. Santa Barbara, so beautiful. It was a great drive out there. I could live in Santa Barbara, no problem. It's expensive, more expensive than regular California. You know, you're being really non-existent in this storytelling. I'm just listening. I can't remember even. 10% of the things you're saying. <laughs> so we go to Santa Barbara, beautiful track. We meet all the guys out there. I had a blast up there. I wasn't friends with Ron Falk or any of those guys at the time. They were there practicing. I remember Max said something like, I said something like, why? Something that niggas, oh, because Swedish guys are gay or something like that. And I just looked up and I was like, Ron looked up and I was like, I didn't know him at this time. So I wasn't speaking to these guys. But we had an awesome Awesome weekend of practicing out there. Santa Barbara, those tacos were awesome. Um, just a beautiful town. The track, like, I just can't believe that track doesn't get used more. Love that track. That berm in, in a hillside. It's beautiful up there. Oh, man, I love it there. Absolutely love Santa Barbara. Oh, I go back there in a heartbeat. So... We're going back. We're, no, sorry. We went Friday, spent Friday night, practiced Saturday, and we rushed home to watch motocross at Smoker's House Saturday night. The plan was to stay out there till Sunday, but we came home a day early. So you're like, you need to find a hotel. You need to find a hotel. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. It's like, you need to go on Expedia.com. I said, but you have the credit card. How am I supposed to pay for it? No, I'm, I'm new to this stuff. You are as helpful as tits on a bull. Useless, absolutely useless when it comes to this type of stuff. I swear, this comes from the lack of love in your life, being dropped in your head or, <laughs> or, or just, you know, being choked by the umbilical cord. Just lack of caring, lack of, lack of empathy for me, for Mike, everybody. So we get to Smoker's House, we watch. This is the infamous when he brings out the Tomac jersey and shows it off. And Tomac, woo, we watch that. So it's like, I think this finishes up at like nine. So you're like, man, you're looking on, on online. There's like, there's no hotels available. This is Saturday night. 
Well, what we didn't realize was that Saturday night was also, they had like the all-star NBA game in Los Angeles. So like every hotel was booked and every hotel was expensive. So here we are, Mike and I are homeless for the night. And I'm like, Joseph, well, let me sleep on your floor in your room. And then, um, you know, Mike can sleep in the room if Giannis and Max. No, dude. I almost went up into that room, dragged you out, and strangled you in front of everybody. That's how pissed <laughs> off I was. I'm like, Joseph. I had a tiny room that could easily fit with uh, Max and No, but I could have just slept on the floor next to you, and then because Max's room, like Max's room, was full. But you just said no. Your room was big enough. You're just being a f- dickhead, right? Man, I was so angry. Mike and I were like, oh fuck this, fuck JQ. Blah, 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 blah. And then I went looking for hotels. I had a, I almost paid $180 for a hotel room that night. I was like, no, I can't pay this. I'll sleep in the car outside a smoker's house before I pay this, right? It's like 1 o'clock in the morning. Still can't find a hotel, right? So Mike's like, just take me back. Take me back to smoker's house. He's pissed off. So I put him, I drop him off, and he's like, I'm not paying for a hotel, Fuck this, blah, blah, blah. You can, if you're going to pay for a hotel, you go. I'm just going to sleep her. I'll sleep on the floor or something like that. So I left Mike. I must slept in the, in the car. And I'm like, no, man, I'm not sleeping in this car. I, could, I go drive around, drive around, and I find the Alibaba Hotel, which is uh, over by Newport Beach. I see it all the time, and I just think I spent a night there. So they have one room left, cost me 75 bucks. So I spent the night there. It wasn't the best room. So what's the problem? The bi- so there was a room. Yeah, but it, you was absolutely no help whatsoever. I learned a lot, though. Booked these rooms early. But poor Mike. I don't know what happened, but <laughs> he, I went to see him in the morning, and he was so pissed off. He's like, fuck you, lefty. I was like, what I do? You should be more organized. And I was like, well, what happened? He goes, I had to sleep out on Jay's damn uh, garden furniture and I swear Smitty's giant fucking St. Bernard's pissed all over it did that same day because you know Smitty had those two big giant St. Bernard's right at this time yeah. those dogs two not one St. Bernard's big enough he had two and one of them was bit my hand off too and Mike had Mike's, I was like well why didn't you go sleep up with Max and those guys I don't know I just and it was so cold and it smelled like piss. And oh, he was so angry. He to this day he doesn't let me live it on. And oh, I just I was like, well, I, I slept at the Alibaba, man. You should have hung on for a little bit. Like, you know? <laughs> and um, poor Mike, he was so angry. I think he took uh he took the car and took Max and those guys to Revelation. And then we went to get ready for for DNC, like packing the van. Oh, he was so pissed off at me. He's like, you make sure you book a hotel early this week, this tonight. I'm not sleeping on that, that shit no more. Oh, he was so angry. So angry. <coughs> and I was just like, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. So, yeah, that was our, our first week um, in California with you. And, oh, my God. I, I thought I had made a big mistake. But I learned this is the gypsy way of doing things with JQ. And I learned pretty fast. I learned pretty fast after that. So that was our first week or first few days in California. It was not great. Thanks to you. 
Sounds like you weren't organized. Sounds like I can't leave anything in your hands ever. So. Sounds like it wasn't my job to get your hotel room. Uh, you had the credit card, so yes, it was definitely your job. But no. I, f- I figured all this out, and um, you know, next part of the story is the trip to DNC in Arizona and the first few days there. Thank you to Rob's Oil for sponsoring this part of the podcast. We do have some travel stories that are going we're going to be telling. Joseph has a lot of stories as well, but. Man, we've got a whole USA tour to talk about too. And multiple DNCs and RCGP and stuff like that. So great stories. And you you have some cool stories too. So thank you to Rob's Oil, guys. Please go show Rob some love. Showing uh, our sponsor some love. Shows the podcast some love. www.robsoil.com. Order up all your AMS Oil products. And um, yeah, Rob's an RC racer. So supporting him is just like supporting a part of the family. Thank you for bringing us the... Unicorn Gypsy Adventures of JQ and Keenan. We are now at that point of the show where you should fasten those seatbelts and put your big boy pants on. Things are about to get serious. It's time for the JQ Racing Rant. Oh yeah. It is definitely that time for the JQ Racing Rant. This is the part of the podcast where you got to put your big boy panties on or big girl panties on and uh, listen to us ramble on, but offer solutions. So our last rant, we had Jeff Keaton on We're probably Joseph. I know you want to rant with him again and get him back on her, but uh, he's been kind of busy. So yeah, our first rant from our two week hiatus. You know, I forgot to do this in the introduction, but I just wanted to shout out to a few people that I go through a, a bit of tribulation in our RC family. Uh, I talked to them briefly yesterday. I want to shout out to Carl Lebo, big supporter of the podcast. I know Carl, a Florida racer. He went back racing this weekend. Um, he recently lost a family member. And I was talking to him yesterday. It was good to see him get back to racing. I like Carl. Um, and he, he had fun. So it's good to see, man. And um, keep it up, Carl, man. I'll see you. Hopefully, I'll see you at Wicked Weekend when I come. Shout out to the Cabray brothers, Cole Cabray, young, fine young man who's just joined our JQ team. His brother, Colin, is going in for an operation today. Cole's a bit worried. I was talking to him yesterday, so I, everybody, if you know the Cabrays, they're a good, good bunch of dudes from North Carolina. Uh, Sent some positive vibes to them, and I look forward to seeing Cole. Cole's pretty fast. They were both at RCGP, too. Awesome dudes. Awesome dudes. I wish all the best for Colin. And shout out to Mike Stubbs. I haven't spoken to him for a while, but I know he recently had some some surgery done as well. And uh, <clears throat> used to run JQ, him and Jason. Jason's getting tall, man. Jason's probably almost as tall as you now, Joseph. I'm just not too shy of you. Um, I got to hit up Mike, make sure he's all right. He's busy with his motorcycle shop, but he recently uh, went under operation as well. And I got to check and see how he's recovering. So, you know... Even though we may be far apart, we're all RC family. And I just wanted to shout out to them and um, wish them all the best and send positive vibes. If you guys know them, shout out, say what's up and uh, send them some um, send them some love because that's what it's all about. We're all one big RC family. So, yes, the JQ Racing Rant. Joseph, you don't have a rant this week, do you? No. All right. we I really don't have a rant per se, but uh, I have a story. It's a it's a it's a feel good story, but it was also it's 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 also in rant at the same time, and it's a rant to myself, because I did something 
I let myself get caught in a trap and I, and I have to learn to, to differentiate. Not, I mean, I'll tell the story. So basically I'm not going to name names, but we had a guy, he bought a JQ car. He was all excited to get it. He, he ran out, he, he ran at one tank, case to jump, broken arm, gave up on the car immediately. Um, he kind of came into the JQ group talking about it, kind of, you know, talking about the car. And, you know, if you come in that JQ group, then guys are super defensive. They're going to they're gonna get you. They don't like guys coming here talking smack about the cars. We, have, we deal with enough criticism outside of the JQ racing in, in the real world. So when it comes to our group, we're very... You know, we're very loyal. We're very fierce. We're like, you know, that's that's our space. So I talked to this guy. Um, I really, I automatically formed an opinion about him, but I didn't let him know that because um, I try to be PC. But I was pissed off about this, and I didn't like, you know, I, I think it was kind of silly too, you know, try, break one arm, and then you give up on a the car. There was other circumstances as well. But, you know, um, yeah, I thought I had all dealings done with that guy. <clears throat> I basically judged him as an asshole, okay? But I just kind of, you know, I don't, I, I, I don't like to burn bridges with people. I don't like, you know, I just kind of, if, if I don't want to deal with you in a certain way or I don't like what you've done, I probably just end up not dealing with you. So I kind of, it bothered me for a few days because it really, really upset me. But yeah, this happened a couple, maybe a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago, I can't remember. So... I was shocked the other day when the guy contacted me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry, my voice is a bit dry. My throat's dry. And I was like, oh. Um, he was like, hey. Um, I thought he was trying to sell the car. And I was like, well, you know, you can, you can sell it in our JQ buy and sell page. Because we don't really, we don't allow, I don't allow selling or inserts offs in the JQ group. It's just, I've had too many bad experiences with that. I've had to get in the middle of sales, and I don't, I don't have time to deal with that crap. I just hate it. So if you want to sell used stuff, you sell it on your own. We're about helping each other out. We need to sell new kits as well, you know? So if you don't sell new kits and parts, we don't grow. But so he contacted me, and I said, like, oh, just, you know, just go to this group. And he's like, well, I don't really want to sell it, Keenan. I'm looking for, for somebody to give it away to, somebody who will use it. It's a brand new car. And this dude, he paid full retail for it, so he has his choice what to do with this. So I was like, I kind of brushed it off. I think I was busy. I was actually probably moving. So I was just like, ah. Then I thought, I was like, man, this guy's trying to do something good. Put your, put your feelings and your emotions away. What happened? And let's do something good here. Let's do something positive, right? So I was like, who can I give this to? Who, who, who do I know who deserves a new kit? And who's putting in work? And... I'm not going to say his name, but it's a young, young, a young man that I, I think very highly of. Um, they know who they are. I've helped him out on occasion. He he's going to PNB. I'm so excited for him. Um, great kid. He is. He's 16, 7, going 17. He does this all on his own. He um, he has very little help from his family. I talk to his mom now and then. They're trying to help him a little bit more, but he works. He's he's a He's a great student. He's super smart, articulate. Um, just a great kid. Great young man. I don't like to call him a kid. He's a great young man. We talk regularly. Um, so even myself, I've pitched in and put 200 bucks towards a, a new kit for him because I, I, I believe in him and I want to see him. You know, it's very rare that you get kids that are out there working, going to school and doing RC, and he's good. He's fast. 
He doesn't get to travel much, but he's fast. And I'm glad that he's going to PMB here um, in two weeks. So I, I connected them via Facebook, and I explained to the guy who this kid, who this young man was, and why I wanted him to get the kit. And dude, this guy got right into it. He's like, and he goes asking me questions about, is he really good? I was like, man, he, he went to the nationals uh, two years ago. He finished, I think, in the top 70, which, and, and, and he has minimal help. You know, he's, he's there. He's, he's not got a big budget for tires. He's on his own. You know, this kid doesn't get to travel much. He does well at his local tracks. He's awesome. He races. We have some extremely fast people in his area, some of the fastest in, in America. And I think that this, this young man deserves this free kit. And, and dude, this guy, he, he sent it. Like, first they're going to do shipping, and he goes, nah. He ended up just sending this, this young man this kit, giving it to him, paying for shipping, gave him whatever parts he had left for it. And, wow, I just think that's pretty amazing. It's good to see. Um, it's good to see things like this. And I wanted to talk about myself and getting out of my emotions about this guy and what, 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 I've, what, what he pissed me off, what he'd done. But he ended up doing a really good thing here in the end. And um, I want to rant at myself for judging people. Uh, I mean, I probably had all rights to be pissed off too. You know what I mean? But, man, it just ended up being a really good thing at the end of the day. And I want to say, he knows who he is. I want to shout out because he listens to the podcast. I want to say thank you for what you've done. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, thank you to, for giving it to that young man who deserves it. He's happy. He's going to be racing at PMB. I expect big things out of him at PMB as well. He's going to race open, and I'm looking forward to that. And thank you for helping me get out of my emotions and realize that, okay, you can have your opinion about this. I don't have to judge you by that. You know, I can't let the fact that you didn't like what our car, and I, I think you didn't give it a first shake, but that's your opinion. You paid for it. You can do whatever you want with it. So that helped me realize that. And it's, it's a really positive thing. And I, I, and I kind of switched my whole attitude around with that. Um, sorry, someone's just trying to call me on Facebook. Um, uh, just, um, just uh, yeah, just me. We, we need to, I try not to judge people. But sometimes it just gets the better of us. You know what I mean? And um, I'm, just, uh, I'm just, just happy that this turned out best and a positive move. And somebody got a kit, like a brand new kit that they can use and it'll help them in their racing uh, going forward. So feel good story. Not, more, not, not much of a rant, but more of a feel good story, positive story. And what was something negative turned into something positive. So I think that's great. And um, I think we need more of this in RC and... Yeah, thank you to the gentleman that done that, man. I have, I have way, I have, I lost respect for him after that incident, but I, he, I've, and that's through my emotions and my, my judgmentalness, but I've gained a whole new respect for him, man. I think he's even taken an interest in this young man's racing even more. So kudos to him. He knows who he is, man. I hope to see you one day, meet you one day, and um, maybe have a Jagger bomb if you, or a bear. And thank you for what you've done for this awesome young man who I think is super fast in RC and um, he just needs help more, you know, now and then. So thank you. And uh, if you guys can, I guess my message for that is 
um, I say this, try not to judge people from first instances, from first meetings and dealings. Everybody has their opinions and their emotions and their thoughts. And I think we kind of have to understand that. And sometimes we have to get past that. And I do a pretty good job of that. But sometimes some things come around that just affects me. And this was one of them. But yeah, good stuff, man. I, I, I like to see things like this. And it makes, it makes me realize that there's still really good people out there. And, and they want to do good things with no strings attached. So that's awesome. I think it's great. And as you can hear, Lucifina has awoken. Yeah, man. You can see why I need an office. Lucifina has awoken and all hell is breaking loose. Her and her brother are fighting. This house carries so much sound. In fact, I was listening. It's a lot of, it's echoey because I don't have any soundproofing up. But hopefully we will be in the new studio soon and producing content and video content for everybody. What do you think about that, Joseph? The story. So, so he quit racing or what? Or just no, switched? he just he just switched to another car. Like he wanted, he he. Well, what happened? He broke the car, and he was with his his buddies, and they run techno, and they were teasing him about it. And then the new techno came out, and the new techno is good. So he he wanted that, and he he has he says, oh, "Man, I have so many cars." He just buys cars and tries them, and he doesn't ask for a discount enough, and so he pays full retail. So he is entitled, in my opinion, he's entitled to to do whatever he wants. I mean, if you got a discount and do that, yeah, it's a big. For me, it's a, you know, a thing. But I'm glad he did, man. And the car, instead of sitting on his wall, it's going to somebody that can use it. So that's good. Yeah. Got to help more. And it's youth, you know. I always promote the youth. I think they are they are key. So I don't know, Joseph, do you have anything to add to that? It's more of a rant and feel-good story. I know people are probably expecting an epic rant, but we kind of, we kind of talked a lot in the beginning because we had a catch-up. We haven't really, we haven't really spoke to each other for two weeks. Um, so it was like a little catch-up with you, and then next week we'll be recording again. And, yeah, things are getting back into, the, into, into, into motion here. Finished moving. Time to start making content. We have some news, too, about the... Uh, can we talk about that? About, you know, the, the, the fight for IFMAR is not over, right, Joseph? Yeah, that, uh, yeah. like I posted on Instagram, like if, IFMAR made a mistake when they didn't listen. I mean, we've tried everything. Come on. I've been racing for 20 years now. And what a, I can't name a thing that IFMAR has done. Seriously, I can't. Name a single thing. Oh, they've done. Joseph, Joseph, done Joseph. For, let's be fair. The they have organized it. We wouldn't have worlds. We wouldn't have the the federations no, that we Ifmar have now. themselves. They don't do. They don't organize the worlds. Well, they, they exist, and then clubs apply to host the worlds, and then local clubs put them on. Ifmar don't actually put the the worlds in Vegas. Chris Tocco and the other dude who owned the place. They made that world happen. Ifmar didn't make it happen. Well, they definitely collected money from it. Well, yeah, but they don't make it happen. Do you I see know, what I mean? But they the exist. Federal... Well, they exist, and that's it. Well, I'm. Um, they they, not done they put funds into that. They haven't that. updated the racing format to be better, somehow more exciting. They haven't promoted the sport in any way. Yeah, I mean... they haven't done jack shit, right? So, okay. Um, where did this start? RCGP, okay, RCGP, trying to work together with IFMA. No, no, nothing. Not even 
like don't even get to talk to them really. Okay, Ephra, different story, but I'm talking about Ithmar. So just cold no from Ithmar against anything, any kind of collaboration, anything. No, done. Door is closed. Can't do anything. We do the let vote lefty for Ithmar president thing to highlight the the problem. Like what what a federation should be doing and uh what Ifmar isn't doing, basically. Like, look, lefty for president, these are the changes he would make. This is how we would improve the hobby for everyone. What do they do instead of like actually going on the podcast or replying to any attempts to contact them? They go to Facebook to uh complain and get the page shut down. Yeah. And what's going to change in the future? Nothing. They're not going to do shit. So you know what? We have to take them on. We have to I take think them it's on. Time to show, I think it's time to show the RC world what can be done and how RC can be improved. Yeah. Put your money where your mouth Well, Yeah. Shut up and put up. Let's, uh, let's do that. Let's do that. So... It's it's obvious people want to see some some changes going on. Look, like here's the thing: I don't want I don't want to take I want Raw and I want Ifmar I want Efra and all these federations to be around. And I think Efra's the most proactive of them all, the best one out there. We just I want them. To, I think we need, we need to do things different. Forty years or forty plus years on, well, more than forty plus years, and we're still kind of like just doing the same old bullshit, like. And yes, people would, a lot of people are are, uh, reluctant to change. And, oh, this is tradition. This is how we traditionally do it. And all that type of stuff. Well, you know, that's why we have to force their hand. Yeah. You know, in order to make an omelet, eggs must be broken. We're going to do this. So stay tuned where we've got some big plans coming out. I can't let the cat out of the bag right now, but uh, yeah, the whole vote for lefty, not a vote for lefty is a vote for change. And we want to change RC. For the better. For the better. For everybody. All right, everybody. Um, thank you for tuning into the podcast. Thank you to Marco Barufalo for coming on and talking with us. Thank you, Joseph, for your time. Thank you to everybody that took time to send us messages and ask questions. A big shout out to all of our NNRC squad from around the world. Without you guys, none of this is possible. Thank you to our Patreons on Patreon. Uh, you know, early releases, special uh, special content probably coming up soon. Giveaways for you guys. You go the extra mile. If you're interested in being a patron, go to Patreon forward. Uh, you always have the address. I always get it wrong. Um, Patreon forward slash or just go on Patreon and look up NNRC. Thank you to all of our awesome sponsors that are RCMX Online, Techno RC. Beach RC, JQ Racing, BK Servos, Papa Willie's Traction Tonic, and big shout out to our new advertisers, which are Manscaped and Rob's Oil. We might have a few more companies coming on board here soon, so that's exciting. Um, new office moving into to be more productive. Uh, just lots of cool things going on here, Joseph, and we're going to be busy, super busy, super, 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 super busy. So... Good stuff. And we will be doing, as soon as I get back in, into the studio with really good internet, we'll be doing the Facebook Live call-ins once again. 
So just right now, just I'm not set up in the current studio. I will be in the, the next one to start those again. So I'm looking forward to them. And um, yeah, we, we want to get those call-ins going and get some guests on and, and talk RC. So anyway, Joseph, anything to add before we sign out here? E-buggy. Nitro is the glory. Have you seen? Have you seen? I've been uploading all the all my Facebook lives yes. to YouTube. Uh, if you missed some every of, day, yeah. And you know what? You can get on YouTube and start doing some uh, fa- some lives there. So you know yeah. that'd be interesting to see. Go to There's YouTube. One more week, I think, or like ten more days of daily past Facebook lives. Yeah, because you got some good internet, so now you can uh, upload that stuff. So. Go to what is it? JQProductsTV.com or JQ Products? JQ Racing TV on YouTube. JQ Racing TV on YouTube. Most of all of the uh, Facebook lives are up there, and hopefully he will be doing more live from YouTube there, which will be cool. And uh, hey, man, if you guys are racing this weekend, have fun, enjoy it, be safe, wash those hands, and send it with responsibility or not. And hey. Man, you remember, nitro's the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. If you ain't grinding, you're sliding. Lefty out. Thank you for listening to the No Name RC Podcast. We greatly appreciate all the support and love from you, the listeners. Without all of you, none of this is possible. Special thanks to our patrons on Patreon. If you wish to support the podcast further, you can at patreon.com forward slash NNRC podcast. As a patron, you will receive early releases, special content, and patron-only giveaways. Also, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and our website, www.nnrcpodcast.com. Remember, Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. If you aren't having fun, it doesn't make sense. And if you ain't grinding, you're sliding lefty out. Nitro is the glory, Nitro is the glory, Nitro is the glory.